Welcome to the Wise Guys Podcast. Wise Guys is your home to interact with the worldwide community of BYU fans in a variety of ways. We're your hosts, Dave McCann and Blaine Fowler. What you're about to hear is the audio recording from our weekly live broadcast. We invite you to join us for the show live every week to chat with us and with other BYU fans. You can find the schedule and watch live at wiseguys.com. That's ysguys.com. Thanks for listening and go Cougs. Hey, happy Tuesday. Look who's back from Vegas. We are Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler, the Wise Guys, ready to roll with a blockbuster show tonight. Uh, we got back from Vegas last night after calling the West Coast Conference Basketball Tournament. And uh, you know what? I like coming home. Yeah. It's fun to go and do all that stuff, but it's good to it's good to get out of Vegas and come our, back. Our lungs will never be the same. <laughs> Every year that we go and spend that much time in the Orleans Arena, yeah, we that's... recognize that that there is so much smoke in that facility <laughs> that every year we go, we do some lung damage. I've had kind of a little residual, yeah, little scratchy throat from that for being there for a week and from talking for four days. And who knew that the last game we would call? We did the men's games on Thursday and Friday, all the men's games, four of those, and women's games on Saturday and Monday. Right. But we did the women's semifinals yesterday, and you and I got to do Portland and Pacific, which was a great basketball game. Who knew Portland was going to go on and beat nationally ranked Gonzaga yeah. for 18 and win that thing? Congrats to them so, yeah, today. We, we, we were kind of excited for them. A new king. We're live on Facebook. We're live on YouTube. We're live on Twitch. And we're live on YSGuys.com. We'd love for you to go to YouTube and subscribe. It's free. And uh, it helps us build our empire. And so we're empire builders. So if you get a chance in the next... Uh, any of that today or in the next week as you listen to the podcast, do us a favor, go to YouTube and, and hit subscribe. won't cost you anything, and, and it'll bring you, bring you closer to the show. And this show is all about football, even though we got basketball. We'll yeah. talk about it a little later on. But spring practice is underway, and we're going to hear from new quarterback Keaton Slovis and head coach Kalani Sataki in just a couple of minutes. That's right. We've got some sound from them. Um, one of BYU's best defensive playmakers, if not the best in school history, on the show with us tonight, Kyle Van Noy, linebacker for now. For now. For the Los Angeles Chargers. He's a free agent here coming up in about a week. Yeah, March 16th. And it's going to be interesting because he had a really good year, especially yeah. the backside of it. He's going to be able to pick, I think, where he wants to go. He's not cheap. Right. You know, he's a veteran now with two Super Bowl rings. So we'll ask him what he wants. I read where there might be a, where he'd go back to New England. Is it where he goes or where Marissa wants to go? I think it's go. It's obviously where Marissa wants to go. <laughs> and now they have two kids, and so we look forward to catching up with our friend Kyle Van Noy in just a bit. And a basketball season coming to an end now. The WCC finals, semifinals for both the men and the women. Uh, both got beat yesterday. And we'll talk about what's next. I don't think there's any postseason. I don't think BYU's men's team is good enough to get in the NIT. It would be a surprise. The women are done, ready to rebuild. Both have a big... Big job to get ready for the Big 12, right? Uh, which is just around the corner. And they both finished on a good note. I think with, with the makeup of these teams and the seasons they had, you could say a little surprised that they both made it to the semis. I think yeah. they, they overachieved a little bit. BYU looked like they were going to lay an egg on the men's side in the semis. And then for crazy, I don't. how did they come back? 26 points down to St. Mary's. St. Mary's doesn't let people come back. No, nah, they got it to they three. They got it to three. But um, they end up losing by seven. That's been the story a lot this season. Yeah. Young team and some pieces they've got to add. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But I would say pleasantly surprised. 
um, by how far they went. I thought most people thought they might win one game and lose the second game. And, and the BYU women went far enough to avoid losing season right. in Amber Whiting's first season with a top 20 recruiting class coming in. So I, I, I thought they showed themselves uh, very well. Yeah. Uh, and then they got they got beat by Gonzaga in the right. semis. Who's Gonzaga's better than them. Really good. Lots yeah. of length. Length gave them problems. And it's, it's a veteran team that's nationally ranked and had a great season. So it wasn't it wasn't a... Huge surprise, but I, yeah, I, I felt like the teams performed really well down there. We, we, you know, a lot to be proud of. The big story as we come back is that spring practice is underway. BYU is now practicing as a Big Twelve team. Uh, the days of practicing, wishing you were a P five, are over. The P five ness is here, and so is quarterback Keaton Slovis, transfer from Pittsburgh and USC, comes to Provo through the transfer portal he's got one season to play i want to get your reaction to what he said after his very first practice wearing a byu football helmet here it is how's it going welcome Provo. thank you it's good to be here how do you describe the first day in the ipf and spring ball yeah i thought it was good um first day wasn't perfect by any means still some learning curves for everyone i think timing stuff but i thought for the most part for a first day um, pretty proud of the way you guys competed. Um, completed a lot of balls, looked pretty clean up front, so I um, was pretty pretty happy with it. Got to be better, obviously, and build on it, but pretty good first day. What excites you most about having a spring football with these guys and, and being a part of this? Yeah, I think just uh, the receivers and everyone know the offense so well. And the coaches have been here for a while. Um, it's been established. Like It's not like you need to go look at the playbook to ask a play. You kind of just ask a guy a question, they know it. So uh, the receivers probably know the offense better than any receiver core I've ever been around. Um, so that's really nice, and they know it really well. So after, you know, maybe after a play, we weren't sure you can go talk to them. Um, you can't trust their input. Obviously, some receivers you can't always do that, but um, I think here they really know what they're doing. And what do you take pride in as a quarterback? What is what do you look at? And you're like, yeah, you know, I got this going. Um, in general or, or today? Um, let's say in general. In general, um, just the ability to, to operate offense. I think you have to be accurate. You have to be able to move in the pocket, but um, you have to execute the play really well. So I think obviously with the new offense. Um, you know, something, you know, might be familiar plays, but I think it's really, I take a lot of pride in, like, proving to Coach A-Rod and Coach Matt that, you know, I can step in and operate the offense efficiently on the day, first day level. I know you don't have Cody and Aiden and some guys yet, but how would you compare the talent level that you found here as opposed to what it was at Pitt and USC? Yeah, I've been really impressed with those guys. Um, and like you said, some of them aren't even healthy yet. Um, so that's that's the thing for us. Obviously, we need to find some more depth and, and who those next guys are they are going to merge. But I think um, when you look at the next next year receiver, especially with some of the Cody out guys get more opportunities. A guy like Parker gets more reps. A guy like Ethan Erickson gets more reps. And uh, I think those guys are really going to impress a lot of people. Do you feel like this offensive line is capable? Oh, yeah. Yeah, very capable. I think they're, they're a really great unit. Um, even today, I know we're in pads, but you can kind of tell that they're blocking the right people and they're in the right spots and there's not any free rushers coming. What's your favorite part of Aaron Rodgers' offense? Oh, there's a lot. Uh, we throw it a lot. That's kind of our identity. I think it's, uh, it does a great job of like protecting the quarterback, very quarterback friendly, and uh, puts you in a position to get you in a rhythm and operate. Um, even like, I think the first period was like uh, like run actions, play action, run period. Uh, we didn't have a great rhythm, but we kind of found it like a period later. And I think that's kind of testament to the offense is um, you might not have might not hit a touch on every play, but uh, you're gonna find a rhythm because of the way it's set up. Has he shown a willingness to up to this point to maybe adjust the offense to your strengths? Yeah, we talked about it a lot. Um, we're gonna do what you know the the, that the offense is suited, suited to do and who the players are suited. What what plays a the, what plays are suited for each player. So I think um, that's definitely a focus of his. Um, again, the offense is the offense, but we're not gonna do something we're not good at. Awesome. Thank you guys. Thanks. <laughs>
So that's Keaton Slovis, the new quarterback in town. Aaron Roderick said that uh, as he's watching Keaton, it's like he has been here for like five years as far as how he's engaged in the offense and the plays. And now that he's out there running drills and in a helmet, throwing to other guys wearing blue and white, uh, it looks real, feels real. What do you think? It's He's very – we knew this coming in, but – um, and they've learned a lot about him during workout periods and player run stuff and out running routes and doing all that before they even got into spring ball. Now it's a little more real because it's more structured. The coaches are out there all you know with them the entire time. Yeah. But I think everybody already knows he's very poised. He's very smart. He has a very high football IQ. And all you have to do is go watch film. And even though it wasn't this offense, like this physical tools, he can make every throw on the field. He's like an NFL caliber physical. You know, he's tall. Um, so he can throw over the top of people at times. And he um, he can make all the throws, the long out throw, the deep throw. It was interesting to hear him say, hey, this is an offense where I really like, they asked him what he liked the most, and he talked about the ability to get in rhythm, like the offense can build on itself. You know, A-Rod does a really nice job of that. This offense is built to do that. And keep in mind, this offense has its roots same offense, Green Bay's run, the San Francisco 49ers run. This is what Andy Reid's basic is behind the basis of what he runs at Kansas City, all with tweaks for the personnel. But it allows the quarterback to look at what the defense does, take what the defense gives, and get the ball out and get some rhythm. I would say he was at USC, was really good, with yeah. some phenomenal receivers, right? But it was a really vertical passing game where you drop back and he was throwing vertical after vertical. Those aren't high percentage to track throws. stars. Right. And those guys would run out and go get it. Right. Yeah, yeah. But I don't, it's not really a rhythm offense that, that he was in there. I, th- I think it was a big time vertical passing game. Right. Um, and at Pittsburgh, he was in a run based offense. So I think he's excited to have a chance to be in an offense that it's designed like a pro offense to take what the defense gives, make a read, get the ball to the open guy, get in a rhythm, complete a high percentage of balls so he can showcase the skills that he has to make himself more more uh, valuable for folks that are looking in the NFL uh, this next year. He's got 9,973 passing yards, 68 touchdowns at USC and, and Pitt. He's played in 34 P5 games. We've talked about it several times uh, since he committed to BYU. He's got, you got a quarterback that's been in 34 P5 games for a team that's going into their first P5 season I think that's uh, that's gold. Yeah, and and it's he mentioned right off the bat he has a huge advantage in this is a pretty veteran team around him, right? Mm-hmm. Um, especially the wide receivers who have to be on the same page with him, where they've been in this offense, they know the offense. The offensive line knows the offense. The running backs, except for the two new guys, they they know the offense, right? Tight ends are very veteran group, and so. He's got a bunch of guys that know exactly how it's supposed to look. So he doesn't go have to go ask the coach every time. Right in the huddle, he can say, hey, why did you do that? And they can say, oh, when we read this guy playing inside shade, we're allowed to put our foot in the ground and go outside. So he's got a bunch of teachers all around him, and he's so smart and has played in so many games. He's going to pick up this offense in a hurry. It's nice to have a bunch of veterans running an offense that they've been running for multiple years, and he recognized that in his very first statement. It's nice to have a happy head coach, and Kalani Sitaki is happy to have Slovis. He's happy to have football back. He rebuilt his defensive staff after last year's 8-5 and five season. And let's listen to Kalani for the first time this spring. Yeah, good practice. Um, you know, obviously it's day one in spring, so we have a lot of 
uh, install that we put in for our offense and defense and special teams. And uh, I'm just really pleased with the way the guys performed today. Uh, uh, there's some mistakes, but we'll get better. Um, for day one, I was really pleased with it. Have a lot of talent, and uh, it's just a matter of us putting it all together in all three phases. So I, I, was, I was pleased with today's practice. What are some objectives you wanted to accomplish? Yeah, compete. I think I think the uh, I think we know um, the guys that are big players and, and give us production. It's just competing for positions and um, maybe solidifying spots, and that's in every position right now. And obviously, in the kickers, we need to, we need to figure that one out too. What's the method for the defenses? You know, Jay's trying to work into what he wants to do, and mm-hmm. what are you looking at as you watch watch the defensive? Yeah, it's very very familiar to what I'm used to, and he's doing it exactly how I would do if I was running the defense. So, um, high energy, um, discipline, and we're focused on trying to you know. Basically, play our, our base defense first, and then and, and, uh, see what else we can mix up with it. But I, I, I think he's utilizing the personnel and the talent the right way, putting guys in the right spots, and uh, just a matter of them competing. And right now, we don't have pads on, but um, but a lot of speed on the field, and it's just a matter of us making sure that we, you know, teach them all the uh, the, the fundamentals and techniques, so that when the pads come on. We can really get after it, be physical, and, and compete for some spots. In terms of the install, is the offense ahead of the defense at this point? With yeah, I think that's 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 normal because they've already been here and they've had. There's a lot of guys that understand where we're going at, but we have new quarterbacks that are in the system. But um, I, I think there's some things that they added that that probably haven't seen before. I mean, I don't know if you guys will see it in the live stuff, but uh, there's some things that we. I, I think that A Rod does a great job of is using the talent. And then trying to get the guy, the right guys in the field, but put the ball in their hands, you know. So from today, it was really good. I, I liked it. And uh, defensively, I thought I thought uh, more than anything, just having the right guys, having the right personnel, in the right spots was the key. How much of this playbook has Slovis already learned uh, the offense? Quite a bit. The quarterbacks are way further ahead than I expected. Um, I mean, there are obviously some mistakes out there, but not not by them really. I think some of the mistakes that they had were just being aggressive on some throws and, and trying to. Trying to trying to force it rather than take the what's 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 easier, you know. But I think they're highly competitive and they get into the into the mix of things of the defense and they want to punish them by going deep or, or maybe just not taking what's easy and what's what's there, what's given. How did Slovis look? I thought it looked great. I thought all the quarterbacks looked really good. So uh, no complaints there with the QB. There's a lot of talent in that room. When are you gonna see Red Slav? All right, there's Kalani Sataki uh, addressing the media after the first practice. The second practice is tomorrow, Wednesday, then Friday, and then uh, they'll be back in, in that kind of a rotation, and they'll, they'll go through mid-April. April 14th is the last uh, practice. We've got a couple of dates we'll talk about here in just a second. But uh, Kalani did a lot of things in the offseason. We'll call, we'll call the offseason over because we're in, in spring practice now. Right. But he did a lot to restore hope and optimism to the program and to the fan base by making some tough decisions. Uh, he brought in some key guys in the transfer portal with his staff, had good recruiting class, finished on a couple of high notes. Uh, and, and Cougar Nation, you get the feeling, is behind him 100% after an 0-4 October. It wasn't that great. But to his credit, he did what he had to do. And and you go over there now, and there's a buzz. They're flying high. Yeah, and, and I, he, he pointed out something that we all knew, you know, because they ask who's ahead, the offense or the defense. Well, who do you think is going to be ahead? Like, yeah. the offense is the same offense, right? And and they have a – we just talked about the fact that even Keaton Slovis said, I got a bunch of guys around me that know exactly what they're doing. And he's not a rookie. So he's not a brand-new freshman, never-played-before guy trying to learn. He's a veteran quarterback learning a system 
The system's a little bit different, but he's played in a bunch of games. Now, on the defensive side, there are no veterans in this defense. Not one. Yeah. Every single guy is... It's They're installing a brand new defense. Now, they've been working on it for a few weeks, but... but everybody's a young guy. There's nobody out there. So if, if you're a brand new outside backer, you can't turn to the middle backer and go, um, now what am I supposed to do on this one? And the middle backer might go, I don't know. I only know what I'm supposed to do right now because I'm new in this, even though the guy's been there four years. It's a little bit of a disadvantage. That's why you have spring ball though. And that's why it was important for them to do this now so that when they come back in fall camp, they have a fully you know, installed defense. The players have been able to work on it all summer long. They come back in the fall and they pick up where they left off. And now here you go. Now guys know what they're doing. So this is a spring where I think the offense is, is probably going to be a little bit ahead of the defense all spring long. Lots of new young talent on that defense, but it's, that's going to be the state. So if you come watch the scrimmage, just know if the offense is moving the ball up and down the field, this, this everybody's been running this offense for five years now, right? It's a brand new defense and guys need to learn. Lots of intrigue. Spring scrimmage is March 31st on BYU TV. We'll be on the call for that. The alumni game, March 31st. That's later. They're just like a doubleheader. That's that night. Uh, as mentioned, final practice April 14th. Season opener is September 2nd against Sam Houston. The Big 12 opener is September 26th against Kansas. Our guest tonight was the fuel behind McQueen High School's 14-0 Nevada State Championship season back in 2008. He brought pizzazz to the BYU defense and won two Super Bowls with the New England Patriots, but I have never seen him happier than when he made a hole-in-one on the golf course last week and ran around like he had been uh, in the end zone for five touchdowns in the Super Bowl. It's a pleasure to welcome our friend Kyle Van Noy to the Wise Guys tonight. Kyle, welcome. Hey, guys. How we doing? <laughs> really good. Great to have you with us, brother. Let's start with yeah. this hole-in-one. Walk us through what happened. It's the happiest I've ever seen you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, the funny thing is, is I almost hit one earlier that day. I got within, I want to say, a foot of a, uh, the hole on one of them. And then, you know, when I actually hit a hole in one on the back nine, I don't think people believe me. I think there was a setup. <laughs> so it took a while for people to like register, like, no, I actually won. Cause then I tweeted out that I got a flag for it. I had to sign <laughs> the card and I kept the ball and I'm going to frame it. Wait, so did you have to buy it was awesome. Did you have to buy everybody in the clubhouse drinks, Kyle? Because that's the tradition. Honestly, I clubhouse drinks. I know. I, I lucked out. I didn't have to buy anybody, anybody, <laughs> anyone, nothing. I just got the flag and ran because I've heard uh, at a, numerous places do open bars and I would have to pick up the tab. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm yeah. lucky it didn't happen at one of those spots. Here's, here's what I saw in your tweet. Uh, and Tony Finau retweeted it. So now you're a member of the golf community. Uh, yeah. You hit the hole in one and then you did a sprint from the tee box <laughs> all the way down the sidewalk behind some trees out onto the green, and the guys who you're playing with are still up on the green ready to shoot their shots, but uh, you were, it was like you were going after a quarterback. You were heading down to the hole. Oh, yeah, I was gone. I was ready to chalk it up after that one. I was ready to go home. You know, it can't get much better than that. I mean, I ended up keep playing, and I got an eight on one hole. So, <laughs> you should have stopped. I mean, I, I should have quit while I was ahead, right? I had a, It was awesome. It was I, I wish the film guy would have uh, filmed, but he was a little selfish because he's like, well, I got hit too, you know? Um, <laughs> uh, so it, it was awesome. They were all cool about it. Uh, 
luckily, Keenan Allen told me that was his second one he's witnessed there. He got to see Justin Herbert hit a hole hole in one on the same course. So it was pretty lucky. I'm, I, I got to keep golfing with Keenan. He, he seems to be the lucky you're, charm. You're good luck charm. What, what is it, Kyle, about this game of golf that attracts so many athletes from other sports and everybody kind of falls in love with it and gets addicted to it? What, what's the draw to golf for everybody? I think a little bit is the competitiveness that you can have, and it's a sport that's just you, right? Where a lot of us in the NFL and other sports are team sports. Uh, we're not playing individual sports. So it's something that we get to be competitive within ourselves uh, to get better personally and achieve uh, greatness or scratch or whatever is past that, uh, that people want to get to. And I think that just competitiveness that I can play somebody else that is better and still keep it an even match uh, keeps a lot of people uh, playing golf. I, I just, in, I just enjoy so much of uh, the camaraderie that I have with people that I go golfing with the relationships that I build on courses being four hours. I, I got a trip planned in the next couple of weeks. I'm going up to Oregon to play. I'm really excited about it. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm just all in right now and trying to get better. I got a, I got an instructor this <laughs> year. Go. I'm good to go. Say, the next time you're in Provo, you're golfing yeah, with we'll us at Riverside. Riverside with the, it's funny, though, Kyle. I, I want to know if Marissa does this. So, so I come <laughs> no, home. No, no, no. No, she doesn't. Like, no, I want to know if she asks you this. So when we go, we go play, right? And, and Dave and I have, like, really fun playing parties. We play with Governor Herbert sometimes. And, and you're out there for four hours, right? And every time I walk in the door, Brenda says, so what, you guys were out there for four hours. What what did you guys talk about? And I go, well, <laughs> really nothing, hun. She was, you were out there for four hours and you talked about nothing. I go, I don't know. We just talked about golf and stuff. She goes, come on, you're going to have to give me more than that. You can't be out there for four hours and just talk about <laughs> golf and stuff. I'm like, honey, you don't understand guys. That's what we did. Do you get the same, uh, the same questions from Marissa? Like, what did you do out there for four hours? What did you talk about? No, she's ready to have me come home and hang out with the kids. It's her turn to be gone for four hours. No, nah, she's awesome. Um, I think I think when we're done playing and hopefully we'll have the opportunity to join a, a club some, somewhere, uh, she'll, she'll get into it a little bit more. I think she's gone with me once or twice. Um, she's actually really good. She's very talented. Um, very athletic. She played volleyball in college at Westminster. So um, she's got, she's sneaky athletic. You, you don't see it because she's, she's beautiful and smart, but she comes around the corner and catches you on a foot race, ca- catches me su- from surprise on sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Hey, here's another first for you in 2023, your debut as an analyst on NFL network leading up to the Super Bowl. How much fun was that? Oh man, I, it's something I really enjoy. Uh, I believe that's going to be what I'm going to do in the next chapter uh, as my career ends down. I still got a lot, a lot of juice in the tank though, so I, I just want to get my feet under me when it comes to being an analyst and get comfortable. And you know, a, a lot of people have mentioned that I should do it, and I'm going to keep continuing that. But I'm going to keep my options open. I've also you know, I had 
have people that want me to coach in the NFL that I've uh, played for, as well as maybe be a GM one day. So I, I'm not closing the door on anything. I'm keeping my options open, but I really do love the TV analyst work. Uh, you're still part of a team. Uh, there's a lot of good people in that industry that have helped me already. And it's, it's been awesome getting my getting comfortable with that and getting more reps with it. You know, you, you've done quite a bit of it um, throughout your career. This was maybe your first network debut, right? To be at that level. But uh, I think people don't understand what goes on behind the scenes and how much it takes to be able to be ready to do something like that, to, doing it at this level, that give you even more appreciation for what's behind the scenes on, on all these broadcasts. Yeah, um, it does. It gives me appreciation of you too, because you guys have been awesome for uh, Brigham uh, for so long and for your guys' news networks that you guys have worked for. It also gives me appreciation for Greg Rebel too, the voice, because yeah. he always comes up with good sayings. Like, man, I I need to come up with some good sayings. <laughs> you know, the one the one that I love, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna make my head a little bit bigger right now. As he always said, when I made a play, KVN does it again. Yeah. Um, I think that was really cool. Um, you know, people used to say that around town when I'd be out to eat eating. They would always. Uh, mention that so it, it's just cool uh, that you guys are doing what you guys do and I appreciate the love you guys have given me because I know it doesn't always have to be positive so I appreciate that uh, and what you guys do is not easy even though some people that are armchair analysts or armchair quarterbacks uh, think it's easy I, I want them to get off the couch with the remote and come try it one of these days. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's they, they would be you. stuttering quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. well, I remember after you dismantled San Diego state to by yourself that you came over and sat down with Blaine and me as we were live on BYU TV and, and you sat with the, we got your microphone and you sat down in between us and, and it was just a few minutes after the game. And, and uh, there's just a very natural, honest, demeanor that you have that uh, resonates with with the fans it has as as a player and and watching you with in the uh, with the nfl network I, I thought you were very good and it's not easy thanks yeah i try to honestly just be myself and i i want to make it as fan oriented as possible i want it to exuberate that i know what i'm talking about the passion the love that i have for the game but i also want to bring it down and talk with people like I'm at their home. And that's yeah. kind of the difference between me and other analysts. A lot of others kind of do like the over, ah, you know, <laughs> and I'm not saying it's, it's bad because I love somebody like Michael Irvin, who is, you know, his antics are amazing. He's so good at what he does, but that's not something that I do. I, I want to come and uh, basically, uh, be on the same level as a fan would be and, and talk with them like I'm at their home and, you know, on the couch with them hanging out. Oh, that is such, such, Kyle, a great way to approach it. Great plan. Sometimes we'll be watching a game and somebody will, like, just not that long ago, we were watching a basketball game and, and the, the analyst said, well, and they went red on defense and they started to talk in basketball lingo. And people all looked at me and then I explained it to them I, and I thought to myself, that's not good broadcasting because I've always felt like if my mom can't understand it, 
then then it's way above 90% of the people that are watching. Like the three coaches watching knew exactly what he was talking about, right? So what what a great yeah. man, what a great mentality. We're you know, we're going to we're going to do some reminiscing with you. Um, okay. About, about How long are we stuff? going for? I, I want to make you, I, I want to make us. sure I get a charger if if we're going for a little while. I, we can go all night if you want. I have no. <laughs> ah, I, keep a I, I can handy. do this now. Yeah, keep a charger. I just want to make make sure my charger is good to go. Yeah, keep a charger hand. I we'll go. We you know we usually go half hour, forty five minutes yeah, with that's you. Cool. Love okay, great, perfect. All right, so I'll, I'll make it happen. Hey, awesome. What, what advice did Marissa give you before you went on NFL Network for your debut? Don't mess up. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, honestly, she is the best partner I could ever have. Yeah. I mean, she's well, I'm gonna I'm gonna brag about her for a little bit. She sacrificed her career for mine. I mean, she could have been uh one of the biggest models uh, in in the world. I mean, all her friends are now either Victoria's Secret Model, Sports Illustrated, yada yada yada. But yeah. she gave up that opportunity to basically, uh, you know be my biggest cheerleader, be my biggest support system. Um, now she owns uh, three golden cranes where she buys and flips homes. Uh, she actually does homes in Alpine, Utah, does really well. She's done, done them everywhere we've lived. Uh, she's really killing it in that life as far as moving on into a different career. But honestly, I couldn't ask for a better partner. She preps me. She makes sure I'm on my P's and Q's every every time I chance to get to represent not only myself, but my last name. You know, that's right. important to her as well. Mm -hmm. Making sure I, we represent each other the best of our abilities to what um, we we want others to remember us about. And I, I appreciate her. I wouldn't be where I'm at without her because there's honestly, I wanted to retire really early in my career. And she was kind of like, you better shut up and suck it up and yeah. get out there type of deal and if i it wasn't for her i i wouldn't have the career that i have so i owe a lot to her yeah it's it, that's awesome and and kyle may or may not remember we you, when you guys first were together we would tease you a little bit and we'd be like dude how did you get her she's <laughs> like she's so beautiful and she's so smart and she she's a really yeah. really good person as we know they have got have known her in the past and we used to tease him and, and to kyle's credit He'd always yeah, go, you're still yeah, teasing me, yeah. see? No, I know. But Kyle, back in those days, Kyle would say, like, yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. But but we all realized at some point in our life, Kyle, that we, we outkicked our coverage, right? And, yeah. And, she, and, and it's so fun to hear you give her um, uh, the kudos for, for what a phenomenal partner that she's been to help you yeah. with, with your career, which you really need to excel oh, yeah. with, 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 what, with what you've done, right? It's... So you were drafted. Let, let's let's take you there. You were drafted by the Lions in the second round way back in 2014, and you've been in the game ever since. And and I'm wondering, is the NFL everything that you thought it would be? Now all of these years later, it's almost a decade later, mm. and and then maybe as a follow up to that, what are the biggest surprises that that you've you've found playing in the league for so long? My answer would be hell no. <laughs> <laughs> um, it goes that far. I, I think when you get drafted, you just you're, hmm, you're. I I don't want to say naive because that I I played in college and that kind of is a little. Uh, it's college, but there's still you know I 
as you guys know, I wasn't treated as your normal college student. I was on like I had, and I don't mean to like separate myself from other players and yada, 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 but it was more of just the different opportunities and the different tasks that I had to do. I was already at, I was looked at as a professional, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And um, I was a little bit, uh, it, it was awesome being able to then go into the NFL and actually get paid for those things like right. TV and, you know, billboards and autographs and all of those things. That was awesome. Um, and then getting into a, a locker room where you got a bunch of guys that are hungry to get paid to pay their families and, um, you're around grown men that are trying to take your job and, you know, you're dealing with coaches that you may not like that you don't get along or a head coach or a D coordinator or general managers or an owner that doesn't give players what they need. I mean, you're just exposed to so much. And as you get more and more in the game, you start to understand the NFL a little bit more. And it's honestly such a, a cool thing and it's such a privilege to get drafted um and to make money i've done i've done really well but not everybody's like me not everyone comes out of this game a millionaire um not everyone becomes a millionaire once they get drafted and i think that's kind of the big misconception about it is not everybody uh has great uh stories there's a lot of bad stories out there uh, that don't get talked about. And I'm one of the few that do have a great story and I'll be able to tell that for the rest of my life. And mine's still going on, which is awesome. Like there's not many people that are going to be able to say they played 10 years in the NFL. I mean, I literally went through a decade of different football and trans transformed my game of what it was to where it is now. I mean, I couldn't be more blessed to be in the opportunity that I have now. Am I bitter towards some situations? Of course. Like, have I gotten the short end of the stick in some situation? Yes. Have I gotten the big stick in some? Yes. Um, but the one thing that I can always hang my hat on through this whole process is discipline. And I would say that's been the biggest thing for me is the discipline to take each year and try to get better in whatever it is I can. And, you know, we can go from the top. I started uh, in Detroit, got drafted 40th overall. They actually traded up to get me. Um, I didn't think I wanted to go there. I was actually mad they drafted me because they ran a 4-3 system. Yeah. Um, and then after I got traded into my third year, I found out that I was a G general manager pick. So that means that um, the D coordinator didn't like me, but the head coach did. Um, and they loved me so much that they wanted to trade up to get me and basically told the D.C., like, get him on the field and um he tried everything to not get me on the field plus i had a couple injuries on the way so that made a little rough start um i don't if you guys have questions go on oh yeah we do let me jump in with this football question because we're going to tackle the patriots and super bowl here in just a bit but since joining the league uh you and marissa have added two children to your family trey and giovanna um how have they influenced the way that you view the game of football Ooh, that's a good question. That it's not everything. Um, it used to be everything to me, right? It still means a lot to me, but my family means more. It used to be, you know, first it used to be football, uh, football, faith, and family. Now it's 
family football faith. <laughs> um, and it's changed a lot. And I, my whole schedule revolves around them. When I work out, I was just talking to my wife about this earlier. It's just, that's crazy because I used to wake up and it was just like, bam, bam, bam. Now it's like, wake up. We got the kids, make sure they're good. Make sure wifey's good. And then, all right, let's get on with what we need to get on. That's great. I, you know, um, I remember when we talked to you, um, and Dave did an interview with you in California, um, just ahead of the 2014 draft, you talked about how much your parents, Kelly and Lane, have meant to you. We remember that you said, your mom's advice has always been right. Um, how, how, much of, how much have they enjoyed two things? You bringing grandkids to the family for them and bring the NFL for nine years now, going on 10 years in, into the family as well. Two, two things that you brought to this family, grandkids and the NFL. How's your mom felt about all that? Yeah, I think my mom's super proud. I can't, you know, my dad actually works at BYU, which is crazy. I didn't think that would ever happen, but um, he loves it. He works there. Um, he's doing good. I think he brought, he does like, uh, that's bad. I should know what he does, but <laughs> I'm pretty sure he works the women's basketball games and the soccer games and whatnot. Um, and he loves it and he does great at it. And I think it's been different this year because I've been on the West coast, uh, a lot of East coast living for the eight season. So they got to see me play, but this year, I mean, they came out to, I want to say like seven games. Oh, so great. I think it was so awesome to have them an hour flight to come to almost every game and just experience the whole thing and hang out with the family too. And, you know, it's, it's awesome. And sometimes they forget that it's, work for me and vacation for them <laughs> but they're so supportive they've been awesome through this whole um my whole decade almost of being in the nfl they've been very supportive and i don't think they could be very much proud more more proud than they already are of me isn't it interesting how our parents replace us with the grandkids the second they show up like, we think we're all, you know, contributors to family and all that. Once a grandkid's come in the house, that's it. <laughs> yeah, that's that's okay. That is totally fine with me. It takes the pressure off me answering all the questions <laughs> and giving it to them, right? They need the spot. Like, Trey, Trey and G are a handful, that's for sure. That's awesome. You were telling us a little bit about, and we want to get into this last season too, but, but that transition um, – didn't have a great experience. When you were just telling that experience, I didn't realize that it was that way for you at Detroit. I knew that there were some struggles. It's, it sounds almost like the exact oh, same. Oh, it was, it was awful. It, I had, like it was Jason, like Jason Buck's experience. He gets drafted by the Bengals, and the defense line coach hated his guts. Belittled yeah. him, didn't want to put him on the field. And it wasn't until Jason got traded to the Redskins, and they loved him there because the position coach wanted mm -hmm. him. Then he thrived and played in Super Bowls. Did, did that same transition happen for you when you went from the Lions to the Patriots? Yeah. Yeah, I, I kind of battled through a little depression there, right? You see one of your best friends in college that you taught how to play football and Ziggy Ansah, right? Yeah. And he's the franchise player. And you come in and you're like, I taught this kid how to play. Like, I, I know how to play. <laughs> like, And I can't even get on the field. Like, we, like, switched roles, right? a little bit right uh he i used to be the franchise player at byu and 
he kind of sat out for a little bit, but then he got an opportunity and thrived. I took off and then I sat on the bench and watched him flourish. Now I was happy for him. I'm not a hater by any means. That that is the last thing I am, but it was just so a tough pill to swallow for me as the competitor that I am and somebody who I feel very confident in my game on a football field to sit back and watch and can't do anything about my situation. And it wasn't until I got traded uh, that I was able to express my situation. And I'll never forget it. It was um, October 25th. Uh, yeah, October 25th, 2016, 1 o'clock. I got a phone call from the Lions GM. You know, hey, Van Noy, I want to appreciate all that you did for the Lions organization. Yeah, this, this, and the third. Um, we traded you. Uh, we appreciate you. And like before he hung up, I was like, yo, where did I get traded to? And he said, the pay- <laughs> he, he said, the pra- Patriots click. That was it. So then ended up getting traded, um, flew out that night, which was a Tuesday night. I landed like one o'clock, had to take a late flight because I, I was doing things al- already on my off day. So then I had to wake up at five o'clock, do a physical, um, took the physical past. I didn't, I jumped right in. They gave, they throw me right into a meeting with my position coach um, and started learning the defense. And then I go to the team meeting um, and I sit in the back, uh, <laughs> which <laughs> is, is funny as it in itself. And then I'm thrown into like, I've been there for the three years of my career and then went to practice was full padded practice. We're smacking and I'm kind of like looking around like, what? This is crazy. <laughs> um, and then they're like, they throw me out uh, in a practice and there it was, it was a, a seven on seven period, you know, versus Tom and the Jules and Gronk, um, James White. And I'm out there with Hightower and they're starting defense. And I'm like looking around like, oh, like, this is real. <laughs> and they throw me out, and I'm one-on-one with James White first play, and I have great coverage on him. And I'm running stride for stride, and the ball gets whipped right by my head. Like, you, I could feel the went by air just go hole, by, yeah. <laughs> by my ear hole, and he, he catches it, and I, like, try to rip it out and almost rip it out. Um, James doesn't say anything because he's quiet. <laughs> And I'm like, yo, uh, how the blah, 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 did he get that? And then I turned back and Tom's like smiling, like <laughs> nodding, like, yeah, you're playing with, you're playing with the goat now. <laughs> and it, it was so awesome to like have that competitiveness right away. Like I thrive in that. And then end up at the end of practice, I ended up picking Jimmy G and like threw, threw him back the ball. And that's kind of when I started getting the respect of the guys and then, um, ended up being an all-decade linebacker there, and the rest is history with two Super Bowl wins. Were you? Uh, we'll talk about those Super Bowls in a in a bit. Were you? Uh, were you nervous to meet Bill Belichick, the the master yeah, well, of the game? I, I forgot that in the story, so I didn't meet him until the middle of practice. Like <laughs> he in punt practice, punt practice, he's like twirling his whistle like he always does, and he was like, "Yo, Van Noy." And he like waves me over and he's like, man, he was like, he's like, there's some, he's like, let me tell you something. 
as he's twirling his whistle, he's like, I always get my guy. He's like, you've been one of my guys since you came out of college, and I'm sorry I couldn't get you in the draft, um, but I got you. And no, I'm going to – I want you to be successful. And just that, after everything I just went through, to have the greatest coach – one of the greatest defensive minds to ever give me, give to play or coach in football to give me that confidence and still that right away. It, it, anything in my career before that, it didn't even matter. I had a clean place, clean slate, and I took off from there. And it was awesome to finally have confidence in, from somebody like that and that magnitude um, in the middle of the season gave me that. I just took off from there. What a story. Yeah, that's great. Isn't it interesting, Kyle? Like, you always knew you could play. You always had confidence. At BYU, you knew you could play. But you get in a system where guys start making you doubt because they don't believe in you and won't even give you the opportunity. And Um, they don't put you in positions to succeed. It's like most people's systems, which I think is wrong in the NFL, is like, this is my system. If if you're not six foot, run a four, four, this, this, and the third, you can't play versus whatever guys I have on my roster. I'm going to either play a three, four, a four, three, a hybrid. I'm going to enter. If I have somebody that's not necessarily dominant at a middle linebacker, um, I'll put them at outside. I'm going to find ways to get these players in the best positions to succeed. And I don't think enough teams do that in the NFL. That's why, you see a lot of missed draft picks. Um, that's other stuff too. But I think so many teams are just stuck with like, I'm running a four, three and that's it. Or a three, four and that's it. And offenses are too good. Um, they do too many stuff now that you have to be multiple and you have to give them so many different looks to make them not comfortable in whatever it is they're trying to do. You need to dictate the game defensively. Um, and I think that's why people want me to coach. Yeah, there you go. And it's, and it's interesting because because what you've been through, Kyle, you'll be the kind of coach that understands, like Bill Belichick understands. I'm gonna. This is my guy, and I'm gonna tell him he's my guy because I know if he's confident and he knows I believe in him, he's gonna play faster, he's gonna hit harder, he's gonna play loose, and he's gonna be a great player. He needs to know that I believe in him. What a difference that made for you. That's a great story, Kyle. Yeah. Thanks. I'm I always, glad I get that the rest of my life too. I'm, I hope to take that and I try to take that with anything I'm doing, whether it's business, whether it's speaking to a young kid that needs help, um, whoever, business people, just the amount that if you have the respect and the confidence and the humbleness to be on the same page and get exactly what you want communicated uh, is is key. I mean, that's half the problem with people that are going through marriage problems is communication. Yeah. If people are just yeah. communicate, Amen. you can do so many good things. And that's kind of try, what I try to do is just be a very, very good communicator. Hey, promise us uh, someday when you're uh, drafting Trey's Little League team and you get the picture you want, <laughs> you pull him aside and you say, you hey, I want you to know, I always get my guy. Uh, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle Van Noy. I don't know. 
funny. Kyle Vannoy on the Wise Guys tonight. We're live on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, and wiseguys.com all around the world. A great year with the Chargers this last season. A strong finish. Free agency starts on March 15th, which puts you out on the open market. Where do you want to play? And what about a return to the Patriots? I read something today where that might be an idea being kicked around. What do you got going on? I'm not going back there, I don't think. Um, they, they're they they're too good on defense. They don't need me. Um, that was just a conversation with me and one of the players. Uh, he, Matthew Judon, who's really good, been awesome for them. Uh, they definitely need to pay him a lot more. He's got, what, like 35 sacks in two years. That's crazy. Um, but... <clears throat> That's a side note. Um, yeah, we were just tweeting, and he acts like he's the GM every year. And I said, hey, I'm a free agent again. What's up? He's like, bring him back. Bring and him back. Kind of so stirred, what, do you, what, do you think, but, what do you think about the, the market? And then how does, uh, how does Marissa deal with free agency? Yeah, um, that's a good question. It's tough. I mean, honestly, it's been four years in a row, right, since 2019, which is the type of it's just crazy because I feel like I'm a pretty good player. I'm a starting caliber player and to have to potentially be on a fourth team in four years and play 700 snaps, have over 50 tackles, five sacks every year, um, plus force fumbles, picks, whatever you, uh, other stats you want to look up to have to always uh, feel like you have to play year to year to prove. I mean, you always have to do that, but to not have any security is kind of crazy, but you know, you just, that's where it goes into that bucket of like, not yeah. liking the NFL, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but w- she deals with it better than I do. Cause <laughs> I get, a, I get annoyed. Cause I'm like, what are these coaches watching? Like, if you look at every team that I've been on, I've made them better yeah. and I'm not tooting my horn in that sense, but it's more of like, because I bring an element of IQ and a standard. Like I don't want to be on the field and risk my job with people that don't take it as serious as I do um, that are just trying to get paid and want to go outside the system when I know what it takes to win championships. And that's why I'm still playing. Um, And it's hard to get young guys to buy and it's hard to get older guys that have been in a losing environment for so long to buy into that. But if you look at all the places I've been to, even in Detroit, when I did play, I made them better. Um, It's just something I've always um, have done since I was in little league. It didn't matter where team I played for. I always made them better. And I hang my hat on that. I mean, the Chargers defense the year before was, atrocious and then we were better this year we were atrocious in one category but we were a lot a lot a lot better overall and i feel like i was a big factor to that since joey bosa was out i was able to step into his spot and provide a spark well you uh you certainly when you were saying all that when you said i make every team i'm on better defensively i just want to just scream out fact like that's not opinion (laughs) that's a fact right yeah. So, so what? Certainly, you'll find a team, and I know you leave a lot of that up up, up to your agent. Um, 
but but have you have you had conversation? I think you're going for a charger, right, Kyle? <laughs> yeah, um, I'm trying to turn on the light. Sorry, uh, I'm sorry, to, no worries. Yeah, I'm, I'm, you, I can still hear yeah, you. Yeah, are so. there any are there any irons in the fire? Um, were were there some opportunities, or can you not really talk about it until those things are solidified a yeah, little bit more? No, I'm I'm open to talk about it. I'm. I mean, me, it's more of like, what's the best situation for my family now? Like, I, I would leave go back to Charger. I got a new business. It's been being other teams that have shown interest. Um, I won't say who they are, but they all have been Super Bowl contenders. They're all Super Bowl contenders. Nice. Um, which is awesome. Um, and it's exciting. But at the end of the day, like, what's that number look like? We can sit here and talk about being interested and in you liking me, but until I see a number, you got to show me you love me type <laughs> right, of deal. Right. Yeah, we moved so, on. Besides, we're way past the slap on the helmet. Now it's uh, here's how much you exactly. mean to us and and what yeah. we'll, what we'll pay and and the fact that you're a veteran does make you expensive, uh, and the fact that you're a successful player makes you expensive. But but and it works. Yeah, out but they also they they claim all oh, your thirty two blah blah blah. Yeah. You know, and it's like oh, you gotta look at the stats and look at the production. They're still the same. Only, only, yeah. only, that's in your, that's what, only in your world, only in the sports world is 32. Like, oh, you're 32. Like, that's old. Yeah. Like, that's well, I, I always say it's I'm experienced. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it is experience. Well, we look forward to that process because uh, it, you were the, the Chargers were better when you were on the field. And and uh, and we noticed it because we watched you play and and uh, and you and Michael Davis and pulled for you guys all season. Um, and so man, I'm so proud of him. Let's talk about him just for a sec. Um, his growth and maturity as a human. I mean, I can't say enough being around him this last year has made me so happy, so proud because I've been on his case for (laughs) ever just to always get better. Right. I still shoot him texts like save your money or, you know, you better be in the gym, just little stuff like that. And to see him and watch him battle because they tried to bench him this year. And then eventually an injury happened and he ended up getting back on the field and then was the cornerback number one for us. He was the best corner overall the entire season and set himself up to get an extension uh, right now uh, is amazing. So happy for him. And, his success and for his mom and his family, like he's such a good dude. He works so hard. He stays out of trouble. He stays quiet, flies under the radar and he deserves the world. Awesome. He's quite a player. I, every time he plays great for another season, it vindicates me a little bit, Kyle, because back when he was at BYU, I made a comment on the air on one of our TV shows. And I said, um, Michael Davis, I said, from a physical skill set, he's as good as anybody Alabama has. I said, he is fast, he's physical, he can cover, he's got great hips. I go, I'm telling you, he's as good and as talented as anybody that Alabama has. And another former player on Twitter called me out and said, that's it, Blaine's gone to drugs, he's been smoking dope, he doesn't know what he's talking about, that kid's not any good. So when when he was starting, I didn't even have to get after this guy. I'm not going to name his name. Everybody else yeah. is like, remember when you called me? Nah, you can't name his name. Come on. This is what it's all about. <laughs> this is how you get your views up. This is how we create 
a little drama. Okay. You gotta call okay. him out. Derek Stevenson. There you go. Derek oh, Stevenson. Come on, Derek. Good old Derek Stevenson will yep. say what he needs to he say. Said, huh? He said I was on drugs. <laughs> and uh which whether that's true or not doesn't matter. I was right about I was right about I was right about Michael. And and I and I had just said, you know what, Michael plays in a zone based system at BOU right now. But he's going to get picked up by an NFL team that lets him play in a primarily man-based system, and he's as good as a man guy as there is. And and mm-hmm. nobody nobody believe me, but I saw that in him, and I, it just puts a smile on my face every time I watch a game and he's out there because I know how how hard he's worked to get to there, and it's it's great to see him out there. It's, and you've been a great mentor to him and a, and like a big brother to him, so it's really cool. yeah, really cool. Kyle Van Noyes on the wise guys during his time at BYU. 2010 to 2013, started 36 games, 62 tackles for loss, 26 sacks, seven interceptions. A lot of those were called by us, which was a lot yes. of fun for us. So Kyle BYU kicked off spring practice this week ahead of the Big 12. Think back, what did you enjoy the most about spring practice? Not playing. <laughs> That's truth right there. Uh, no, I said truth before, I'm going to uh, say it right now. <laughs> That's funny. Um, I, I I did all spring, I think, except one. I didn't do my junior year because I had surgery, but I always took it as a chance to get better in uh, the past game, like understanding zone, understanding, you know, where I can take chances, reading the quarterback's eyes better, moving with the quarterback because it's seven on seven at the end of the day. I mean, I still try to do that when I play off the ball is just getting the best break and, you know, trying to get myself tired in in spring ball so that it makes it harder and more game-like in spring that you have to focus that much more uh, during those seven-on-seven and team periods. And now, now that BYU, they played their last game in Independence, which is crazy to think of. They're officially yeah. in football, getting ready to play their first Big 12 schedule. Um, w- w- what does that mean? And there's a lot more Big 12 players in the National Football League than there were from the Mountain West or the WAC. A little more rivalry in the locker room maybe maybe for you. What, what What's your thought on BYU moving into the Big 12? Well, first of all, they need to – I might get in trouble for this. Take some of that uh, money they have saved up in the church and put it into the NIL (laughs) (laughs) NIL department. We've had the NIL Um, guys on here. They're working on it. They're working on it. I know Um, they have it. I think, I think there's people higher ups being stingy. That's what I think. Um, I think they need to give the players what they deserve. If you want to compete and not get embarrassed, uh, you need to pay for those players. And it's the only way to do it, and they should. Kalani deserves it. He's been a heck of a coach when he's had talented players. Um, When he has the talent, he can coach. When you don't have the talent, you're going to see what you have like last year a little bit. Now, they got better, and they were talented in some areas, but you need talent at every level, and you need to have talent one and number two deep of guys. Um, And – yeah, that's what I think. I need they they need to pay for what they get. You can't rely on just getting that two star, three star type of dude to think they're going to pan out, uh, especially with the speed those teams have. Um, yeah, 
That's what I think. Just, it, it's, who was it, Dave, that was with us? You, you like this saying, Kyle, because you were talking about sayings for broadcasters, but this was a coach that said, oh, everybody talks about coaching. It's pretty simple. Coaches, coaching isn't about X's and O's. It's about Jacob's and Joe's. It was, uh, oh, yeah. It was, uh, oh, yeah. Who said that? He says, it's about the guys. Like, you're a really good coach when you got, when you got dudes, you're good. When was, you don't it, have dudes, you're yeah. not good. It was the pastor. It was the good pastor. That's right. Dewey Gray. Dewey Derwin Gray. Gray. Pastor Gray, who who was a you know star here and played with the Colts for four seasons, and is a pastor of a big church back in the, in the East Coast now, he said that he's like guys, everybody needs to realize it's not about X's and O's, it's about Jacobs and Joes, and I like that. That's a great saying. Yeah. Forecast. Uh, let's say Trey's going to play football. Forecast what the game might even look like because we're now getting Touch. into NIL. <laughs> yeah, we're now getting into NIL and and uh, the transfer portal, and that's had an impact on today's game. Forecast uh, in your crystal ball what it might look like uh, 14, 15, 16 years from now. I don't I don't even know. I honestly hope he tries to play a different sport, yeah. hopefully golf. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, if he wants to play, I'm honestly not I'm not one of those anti people no don't you're not going to play football because at the end of the day like i'm not going to stop my son trying to do something he loves to do yeah. that's what he really loves and his passion and he wakes up every day with a burning sensation to go do that then go do it i'm you know i'm not gonna hold him back from that i'm gonna support him and do whatever i can to help him out but um yeah, I, I don't know what football is going to look like, but I, I see it more like the Big 12 uh, where it's seven on seven. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you this. In 16, like right now you can't breathe on a quarterback without getting a penalty. 16 years yeah. from now they're going to put him in a plastic bubble. Yeah. And you'll just come hit the bubble and bounce off and they'll count it as a sack or something because they 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 protect yeah, those guys. Bad. And I'm an old QB and I think they protect them too much. It's crazy. Hey, yeah, but you got to look at it like this, though, too. The NFL is a, is a business, and they're going to protect their business, and the biggest investments on the field are the quarterbacks. And when you don't have good quarterback play, you get some of these other leagues, right? Mm -hmm. Not very good. Right. Um, and they're going to do whatever they can now. I can get mad about it, or I can adjust and do whatever I need to do to – continue you know being successful and getting paid by getting sacked but it is a problem i think it's a little uh stupid what they've done uh it does hurt the game um they've already done enough by receivers not going over the middle right yeah. everybody's like oh these receivers are going crazy and they have so many yards it's like they don't get hit you have to <laughs> barely touch them but yeah, I, I want to know. I want to hear what you you guys are around it more than me. I want to hear your thoughts about you know BYU as a whole and where they're at. Do you feel like BYU sports has taken a step back uh, in the last couple years? Do you think in all sports? Um, do you think there's been a lack of uh, juice from up top? I mean. Yes, they can sit here and get us into the Big 12, but are they doing enough to provide the kids to be successful, whether that's the track team, the volleyball teams, or the basketball teams? Um, that's kind of would be my question. Because from my angle, I have 
something that I can say, but you guys are in it. You guys see it yeah, every day. Yeah, no, and I know you guys got to be careful of what you no, say, no, right? And, 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 and hey, you, hey, this is the honesty show today. Yeah, right? it's the honesty. So, yeah. So, so here's the interesting thing. Uh, Big 12 is a really good league in, in almost all sports. BYU on the women's side will go in like their soccer team's top five in the country every year. They played the national championship game two years ago. And when we talked to Jen Rock with the soccer coach, she's like, oh, no, we go in expecting to win the championship in the league next year. So they're really, really mm -hmm. good. Um, track, men, men's track and field and women's track and field and cross country. Cross country are both top five programs in the country. Track and field is a top 10 program in the country. Women's softball will compete for a championship year one in the Big 12. Women's is, volleyball. Isn't it interesting? Women's volleyball is nationally ranked and has played in like nine straight sweet 16s. So on the women's side, they go in really equipped to compete in that league right now. Um, on the men's side, there's there's more to be done. The, the independence part um, of, of the football has actually helped them because they've had to play more P5s. And you think about two, two years ago, basically, yeah. they were Pac-12 champs two years ago. It's, it's a little bit cyclical. Um, but here's the thing. Here's the thing that you were saying that, that we all get, and, and we agree with you, and that is BYU's got to be able to compete um, in this NIL game. They don't necessarily have to pay as much as USC's going to pay kids, right? Because maybe we're not even recruiting the same kid. But it has to be competitive so that the kids don't feel like, well, man, I really want to come to BYU, but this is just so ridiculously different. Like, I'm stupid if I don't if I don't go up yeah. the road to Utah and play. And, and here's here's where they're at with it, Kyle. And this just give you a little bit of peace. You know BYU doesn't do anything fast, right? They they know where they need to get. So they, they've taken a little bit of time to put these things together. And now they've got good people. And they've looked at it with I don't know how many attorneys about how you can do this and how you can legally do it and how we're not going to get in trouble. And they're, they're just now, we just had the new guy that runs the NIL Collective. They're just now ready to be able to go out and start competing. And we asked him a few weeks ago on the show, can BYU compete in the Big 12? Can, can BYU pay kids like TCU or like Iowa State? We don't expect them to play like, like, like USC and Alabama, right? But can they, can they compete with these others? And he said, absolutely, now that we have the structure in place, we're going to be able to be on a more competitive basis. So, Because we were concerned about, about the same thing. So now, now we'll see. BYU's never going to be the first to the game on something like that. But hopefully, now that they're rolling it out, they'll do it right. So I don't know if that's I don't know if that's a good enough answer because we agree with you. If they if they can't compete in that area, we won't have the Jacobs and Joes. So it won't matter how yeah. good the X's and O's are. Um, and the Big Twelve money uh, that's going to come and it's going to be you know three times what they've been dealing with with the ESPN contract since you played in the first independent game. Yeah, in Mississippi. yeah, yeah, that helps. That's that hasn't they've been invited and they are officially invited on July one of this year and then they join competition this fall but there haven't been any big checks sent yet because they haven't started yet and so mm -hmm. that money is coming and, and as you know uh, it's it's taught from the top down uh, to all of us and our families live within your means and yeah and don't spend what you don't have but when you have it you better spend it you better spend it and uh mm -hmm. so so i think uh better days are ahead from that they've been operating on an independent yeah. budget for for yeah for 12 which, which years. is not what people think now the hard thing kyle is and, and you know this everybody knows this that league in basketball is the most dominant league in college basketball and has been for 12 years like oh yeah you can talk sec in football and big 10 in football mm -hmm. big 12 is 
significantly better than they have six teams in the top 22 right now. Yeah. Um, they have three teams in the top 10. They have the one and three. And so yeah. like you can spend a lot of money to try to compete with that and still maybe finish fifth in the league. But the, and and so the goals may be a little bit different for basketball. It's, it's just like, you go into that league, and if you're yeah, six, but you, I'm just talking about being competitive at the end yeah. of the day. Like, was, I, you don't want a school to go in there and look like a right. bunch of slaps, like yeah. no. what Kansas did for football for the oh, last yeah, decade. No, no, and, you know, they've turned the corner now, but uh, you know, TCU in basketball for a decade. Yeah, right? they're ranked you know, now. They're finally ranked. Yeah, yeah, they're great now. I'm just saying, it took them, you know, finally for, look at them now. They're they were in the national championship yeah. uh, in football this, yeah. this last year in football. So yeah, I, I'm just I, I, I saying, football, are they going to do the ne- necessary things to be competitive? Yeah, I think in football, they'll be competitive pretty quick. In basketball, it may take a little. Here's the nice part about the Big 12. If you're seventh place in the Big 12, you probably still go to the NCAA tournament. And in the league they've uh, been in, in the WCC, if, if you don't second, win, you got to be top second, three. You may not you gotta be it. top yeah, three because for St. Sure. Mary's Gonzaga are good. Right, yeah. right. And so it's just it's a it's a different challenge. Now the good news about basketball is you can get you get two really good dudes and some role players, like two NBA dudes and some role players. Yeah. You can turn it around pretty quick, a lot faster than you can in football. So so we, we have true. some we have some hope. I think I think Football, we've been talking about a really nice goal for them this next year is to be bowl eligible and win seven games as yeah. a as a as an over under. Pretty good, and and we think that they can do that. If they can do that, fans are going to have to get used to the first couple years not winning ten or eleven games, right? Um, but but give them three years with the money, and the NIL deals, um, be able to get those out there. And, and to get more of the top kids. And I think within two or three years, they can be competitive in that league in football. And that's what that's what the dollars come in for is for football. So Hey, let's do some uh, memory lane stuff since since you, yeah. let, you told us we could stay here all, all right. right. So uh, before we do, I, uh, one of the live streamers uh, in our shows all over the place tonight, and the podcast will be out tomorrow, uh, please ask Kyle why he says Brigham instead of Brigham Young or BYU or Cougars <laughs> or McQueen or any of those other things when you're being introduced. You know, this this next season, I was actually thinking about doing my high school. Yeah. Um, you know, I got another question, but I, I'll ask it at the end. Um, I was going to do McQueen this next season, but I've always said Brigham. Um, I, uh, you know, there's lots of reason. I think there's there's i i don't want to get dicey all right but i'll just say it's it it sounds cooler there so, you go there you go it sounds uh, cooler there's the political there's the political answer yeah i i love it that's fine that's all good so hey do we want let's let's talk about a few games we want to talk about some some BYU games that were memorable for us probably memorable for you too and we'll take you all the way back to september september 3rd 2012 it's BYU's first game in Independence, and um, it's late in the game at Ole Miss, which is a historic program in the SEC. You cause a fumble, you scoop it up, and you dive into the end zone, and you guys win that game fourteen to thirteen. Do you remember that one? And what was that like? That was awesome. Um, that one meant a lot because of the off-season work that I did. I think I was about two. 20 my rookie my sorry rookie my freshman year 
And then I was probably around 235. So I put on 15 pounds um, and just a lot of off-season work that went on, double days by myself, a lot of training with K-pop. Uh, that's why I'm such a big fan. He took so much independent mm-hmm. time with me to get me ready and prep me. And, um, yeah, I think I couldn't believe it was third and 21 and they tried to block me with the tight end. That was crazy. <laughs> um, but a uh, little nugget though is Jameson Frazier, uh, did a really good job of going up and under. Um, and then I ran the hoop. I think it was a design play to get the QB to, uh, act, think he could take the edge and I would be running around. And then luckily Ethan missed the ball, uh, scoop and score. Thank you, Ethan. And then I picked it up and scored and then pranced around like a little <laughs> girl in the end zone <laughs> doing ballerina dances and then ended up winning the game. And it was awesome. It was really cool to start it off that way. And we had such an amazing, um, turnout with fans so it was awesome to see a bunch of shocked people down in mississippi later that year the poinsettia bowl against san diego state you block a punt you get a strip sack and a fumble recovery for a touchdown a few minutes later you return an interception for a touchdown uh we were there with you Uh, was that the best of kyle van noy was that was that sequence just the best yeah that was pretty stupid right (laughs) uh i mean honestly to me um, I was actually on Coach Mendenhall's show the other day. Can't believe he's doing a show and speaking, yeah, right? Wow. Um, and I talked with him about it a little bit, but the sequence of my freshman year, because of all I had to endure, uh, probably meant the most to me. But that production-wise was just stupid and absurd. Probably should have went to the NFL after that year, but um, I didn't. <laughs> Because I had to go, you know, end up married, you know, getting engaged to my wife and graduating college. So yeah, it you, did the right, you did the you right thing it's, on that. It's, yeah. Thing. Sometimes yeah. It may have been better for the start of your career, but hey, it seems like everything worked yeah, out right. It you, worked you out. You and Marissa are fabulous. You've had almost a decade and it's still rolling. And it's like, so... I don't know. Maybe you you were supposed to come back for that next year. Yeah, we 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 talk about it all the time. Like people are always say, "What are the best defensive plays you've ever seen?" And I say, "The two best defensive plays and series I've ever seen in football, any level, anywhere, um, are Kyle Morrell diving over the line on fourth one, fourth and one at the goal line to tackle the he dove over the top of the center and and tackled the quarterback from behind to stop a quarterback sneak and preserve the national championship run." And then I say, that's the that's one of the single best plays I've ever seen. And I said, Kyle Van Noy in that San Diego State game, I've never seen anything like it. I, I, I would always say, Kyle, it almost seems like in Kyle's mind, he said to himself, well, the offense isn't going to get this done, so let's go win this thing on defense. <laughs> and then just boom, 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 boom. And you single-handedly won the game by yourself. Did there come a point in that game oh, where you said, crazy. where you said, well, if the offense isn't going to do so, because I've said that, so I think Kyle must have been thinking this. I want to know for real if that ever went yeah. through your mind. It's so crazy because I like blacked out. I don't even like <laughs> remember the game, and it's not like I had a concussion, but it was just like I had a bunch of TFLs. I had a block punt. I had a forced fumble in the end zone that just 
like did not make sense. And then the guy threw it to me later and caught it. And then I had another one where I had a holding and then me and Preston tackled him at the same time for another sack. And I was just sitting on the bench, like, and all these people are looking at me and I'm just like, what's going on? Like, I don't even remember. And then I just remember trending on Twitter all night. And I was just, like staring at my phone, like, this is dumb. Like, what are we doing? Like, what did you just do? And didn't hit me until later. Like, I think years after playing that, I went back and watched it and somebody had it on YouTube. And it's like a whole highlight tape in a game. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it was so crazy. And I'm like, man, I, I used to be the man. <laughs> you, you were, hey, folks. But no, yeah. It was awesome. It's cool. I'm glad we get to share the moment together. That You're a part so of it too. Fun. And and we were there. We were there. We were in the we end zone. You, we were standing you... right in the end zone where you did most of the damage and then we got to have you on set right after that game. But it's it's fun. hey, folks that are, are listening in, watching in on, on all our different platforms, which are what what do we've got? We got YouTube tonight, Twitch, Facebook, Facebook, why is it got all streaming all over all these platforms all over the world? Kyle just described what an out-of-body experience is. <laughs> he just did a perfect description where he went nuts for a, a football game and made every play on the field, and it was an out-of-body experience because he doesn't even remember it. How fun is that? Now, I think one of the reasons you were meant to come back in 2013, in addition to uh, meeting your wife and, and getting your degree, which you promised your mother, nice job for getting yes, that sir. done. Yeah. Uh, September 7, 2013, BYU hammers 20th-ranked Texas <laughs> 40 to 21, there's a torrential rainstorm, delays the game by a couple of hours, and then you go out there on the field and dominate the longer yeah, ones on ESPN. I wanted that one bad. How come? I remember that one. Just because we should have beat them in Texas. I mean, it was 13 to 3. Yeah, it was 13 to 3 going into halftime, and we lost 17 to 16. Yeah. Uh, Malcolm Brown ended up turning up on us. He's been – he's played for the uh, Los Angeles Rams for a while and he ended up playing really well. And I'm friends with a lot of those Texas players for whatever reason, <laughs> Quandre Diggs was there. He's on the Seahawks, Kenny Vaccaro. He for, went first round to the Saints played for eight years. Um, Sergio Kendall was drafted uh, by the Ravens. I mean, they were loaded up, um, uh, on both offense and defense. Malcolm Brown was my teammate with the Patriots. Uh, a lot of good players on that team. They ended up beating us. And then when they came to Brigham, that's why nobody wants to sign that one-for-one one yeah, deal. No way. Yeah. Pet petrified to come up there and play. Um, and it was awesome. It was a night to remember. I remember Taysom just running like Forrest Gump everywhere. Um, <laughs> hurdling folks and you know, we ended up getting Mac Brown fired. Sorry about that. Uh, and it was just a really good night. It, I think it proved to the country that we were for real. Like we were finally like in the P5 conversation. Like we can play with anybody, anywhere, anytime. Yeah. That was a night. It looked like you were having a blast. You watched the yeah. the games on YouTube. It's on BYUtv.com. 
dot uh, org and watch it anytime. And it just looks like number three is out there. It looked like you were smiling half the game, but you were chasing guys down. <laughs> Yeah, hey, it was Kyle, a fun game. Kyle Van Noy's on the Wise Guys with us tonight, uh, former BYU linebacker. Played in three Super Bowls so far. I'm going to say so far. So cause, far. Because the one thing he did tell us is that some of the teams he's talking to are Super Bowl contenders. I like hearing that. He's won two of those Super Bowls, which is pretty awesome. Um, we're, we're so glad to have him with us tonight. Hey, now now let's go. We'll get a little pro reminiscing. February 5th, 2017. Your Patriots trail the Falcons uh, by the Falcons by 25 in the third quarter, and then you rally to win in overtime. Now Tom Brady, as always happens, he got the headlines right, but but your defensive your defense down the stretch was just as important. Um, what a what a change a swing in that game uh, to come back and win that game. Do you remember that one? Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, first of all, giving up only 21 points. There was a pick six in the game that everyone forgets. Right. So we only gave up 21 points to an offense that had, I think, three pull bowlers on the O-line. Alex Mack leading the way, who was unbelievable, played like 12, 15 years at center. Um, you had Devondre, uh, yeah, Devontae Foreman. Yeah, uh, Freeman, excuse me, Devontae yeah. Freeman. Yep. Uh, Matt Ryan, Taylor, Taylor Gabriel, Sanu in his prime and Julio is still in his prime. Yep. And then you had a young Austin Hooper um, offense, super skilled running Shanahan's offense, which is really tough. Mm-hmm. And to only give up 21 points is a miracle. <laughs> <laughs> um, but just the whole second half was just one play mentality. Um, no one said anything at halftime. Jules tries to say he did. No, he didn't. No one said nothing. <laughs> um, everybody was just, he just said one thing. It's going to be a hell of a story. He didn't give any speech or anything. And it was just a crazy comeback win. And um, I'll never forget somebody that is I'm close with sent me a picture in the third corner. They loaded the cannons with uh, black and red confetti. And then, you know, had to change that real quick. <laughs> you know, they show the video of them changing it at the end of the over in overtime. Like when we were uh, driving, they switched it real quick. So what an awesome experience. It meant a lot to me and my wife to just celebrate together. You know, it meant a lot. Uh, winning a championship is a drug. It's all you think about when you play and, you know, you you've secured the bag. It's all you want. It's uh, unbelievable that a bunch of grown men chase these little diamonds, these diamonds, right? <laughs> right. This diamond trophy. Um, but it means a lot and it is awesome. It's a, an amazing euphoria that you get from it. And um, it's, it is a trip and it changes your life and it changes your whole family's life. And it was awesome to get a speech like that from Tom Brady um, when you win, it literally changes your whole life, good or bad. What's the nicest thing Tom Brady ever said to you? Um, I don't think it's the nicest. The The coolest thing he's done is bought dinner for me without me knowing. Oh, yeah? Like, yeah. You know, waitress comes up and is like, hey, you're all taken care of. <laughs> and I'm like, who paid for it? And they're like, Tom. 
And I'm like, where the hell is he at? And he's in this <laughs> private room in the back. So I pop my head in there like, man, what you doing? Like, I worked hard. You showed me up in front of my wife. <laughs> but no, he's he's an amazing dude. He's like older brother. And um, honestly, it's just awesome to be part of his journey and be uh, help him achieve what he's wanted to achieve, um, which is seven Super Bowls. I mean, it's awesome to be a part of that. Amazing. You, know, you, you gave us a little bit of insight into, into Bill Belichick, who when you got there, told you he you've been one of his guys ever since you came out of college we see him on tv and he always looks like he's grumpy and his short answers with everybody in the media is he is is he misunderstood by everybody that just watches him on tv is he really that way or is yeah. he, is he i nice think guy? that's his persona he has and it's awesome he's kept it up this long he's really a he's actually awesome players coach behind closed doors very sar sarcastic so that's why i think i like him so much is his his joking is like mine um and um his iq level of football being able to like sit and chat ball with him and then his problem solving is what makes him different that's why he's so elite is his problem solving skills are yeah i mean nobody can compete I would say the next person that can would be Andy Reid. Oh yeah, uh, those two, those two battle it out. It's awesome. Yep, we love Andy. Andy's one of my really, really good friends that that coached when I was playing. So Bat BY at, yeah. at Brigham, right? At Brigham, yeah, Jamar, yeah, Brigham. He was a quarterbacks uh, coach, GA with Mike Holmgren at Brigham when I was there playing quarterback. So I love <laughs> Andy. He's my guy. Yeah. Two, uh, two more questions, and we'll hit you up with five quickies, and we'll get you out of here. We sure appreciate the time with the great Kyle Van Noy. Awesome, Kyle. Um, Thanks for spending yeah. so much time with us. Yeah. Eagles beat you in the Super Bowl in 2018, but you're back in the big game. The next year, you hold the high-powered Rams to a Super Bowl record three points. So never mind the 21 the Falcons got. You held the Rams yeah. to a field goal. You had five tackles and a sack in that. What was the difference? Was the joy the same with your second Super Bowl ring? Yes, it was because we weren't supposed to beat the Chiefs. Um, we went into Arrowhead Stadium. No one thought we would could win. We ended up throwing a no-hitter against Mahomes, and then they scored 35 points in the second half, which is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> but it's hard to slow down that many good players. I mean, they had so many um uh, that I mean, you have Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey, your third receivers, Sammy Watkins, mm -hmm. uh, Damian Will Williams is your running back. He's stupid fast, um, and then Pat Mahomes, he's he's unbelievable right now. I mean, yeah. his confidence is through the roof now. He just won another one, um, and he's getting better in the pocket um, and reading coverages, and he's a problem. <laughs> and now he's got a good old line protecting him. That's the, I think what you see what they've done there. They uh, got actually a former teammate of mine, Joe Tooney, who shored up as the veteran. And then they drafted a rookie center who turned into a pro bowl, all pro. And then a guard that's really good. Um, then they traded for Orlando Brown and then Wiley ended up panning out at right tackle and he played the guard and he wasn't very good. So good for him. Uh, 
and they're they're just clicking right now. Really good, really good team. And then when you have a coach like Andy Reid dialing up, uh, especially some of the plays you saw in the Super Bowl, where you know he he knows how to attack people, yeah. man. It's <laughs> you got to be ready. You got to have. I tell people they you got to have three different game plans about or with that man. You got to switch it up, and you got to have everybody be on their P's and Q's, and you just got to be locked in for four quarters. It's tough. So it, so that the, the best part about that season was the upset in the. Yeah, the I mean, I didn't even talk about the Super Bowl. Yeah, Sorry, that the AFC, Super Bowl. Well, here's the thing, because that AFC Championship game, you're right. Everybody's like, well, this is the Super Bowl. It was. Right? Yeah, it really was. And then the Super Bowl was tough. I mean, we were glad that the Saints lost, right? They were rolling. Yeah. Kamara was unbelievable. Drew was clicking. You had Michael Thomas. They were balling that year. Um, the Rams got that call, you know, appreciate it, ref. And then they, we were confident against them. Um, yeah, it, it, we we switched. We knew that McVay was talking to Goff. You have 15 seconds in the green dot. And so we found out that he was talking to Goff the full time. Like they were going hurry up and getting to the line. And then McVay was literally playing quarterback in the oh, beer. Oh, my goodness. And that's what he was doing. He, that's what he was doing to Baker Mayfield when they beat the Raiders. Like yeah. people were like, well, how did that happen? Well, he's in his ear for 15 seconds, like calling hurry up and then telling him where to go with the ball because he's reading if it's man or zone because he's on the sideline. And we found out that we would switch the play within that 15 second. So we would come out in something and then give, we would switch a play and he didn't know. And then, or we would fake we would fake switch it to where he thought we switched it and it would be the original play. So it was the game within the game oh, that you man. don't see on TV. Yeah. Um, it was just an awesome display of football by our team of being in tune because we put in a new coverage within the two weeks that we never ran and it, it worked to perfection. That's the chess game that – you don't get a glimpse into unless unless Kyle comes on and tells us about because we're doing. too busy yeah. watching the commercials. Yeah, because yeah, the commercials are big during the Super Bowl, so that's true. So, <laughs> yeah, that, that's fantastic. There, there were some good ones this last one. I like some of them. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. So, hey, when you were playing opposite of BYU stars like Jamal Williams, Tyler Algier, Zach Wilson, Taysom Hill, and your job's to pound them into the ground, do you talk? Yeah. Do you talk to them during the game? No, I, I don't say anything to real. I used to, when I was young, talk a lot of trash. And as I've gotten older, I've figured like, man, I got to save my energy to get to the next play. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I haven't, I didn't say anything to Tyler. I saw him after the game. Um, I usually don't even see people after the game. I just shoot them texts. Um, I saw Danny during Danny and Taysom during uh, preseason. That was cool. Yeah. Um, talked to Taysom a lot. Felt like he got screwed over because he should have been the starting quarterback. Mm -hmm. Doesn't make sense when, you know, right. somebody has a record of four and one and you don't give them opportunity to compete. It's just weird. Um, what else? Um, I didn't see Jamal, but Jamal, I played against him when he was on the Packers. We, we, he's like my little brother. So it was just funny, like talking trash with him and like poking him in the ear hole and stuff when he had to get up, just random stuff or like 
you know, put my finger in his nose dancing with him. <laughs> um, that's funny. I totally forgot yeah, about that. Um, doesn't talk to him, but and, it pokes him in the nose. <laughs> yeah. And then talking trash to Fred, um, when he runs out on the field, I'll run out late and then bump him. Like, watch where you're going. Um, yeah, it's just fun playing against friends and teammates like that. And, um, you know, I've had so many over these uh, multiple years that I've played. It's really fun um, to line up against people and mess with them from, you know, quarterbacks to running backs. It's it's really fun. I don't like any old linemen, so we're good <laughs> on that. Hey, have you, I'm trying to think, have you played against Burroughs? You've played against Burroughs, haven't you, Joe Burroughs? I haven't. No, he's uh, the last. He's like I've played every stadium, but he's like the only play. He's the only quarterback right now that I don't think I've played. played. They, they yeah. mic'd, they've mic'd him up for a couple games. He kills me. Like he doesn't talk smack. Like he's too nice. No. I don't know what I would make. He like he's over there introducing pe- to himself. Like all the pro. He's like, hey, I'm Joe Burrows. I, I wanted to meet you. Like he and, and the guys are yeah. like, yeah, I know you're Joe Burrows guy. I know that. <laughs> yeah. That's what Tom Brady does. He tries to lull you to sleep. Yeah, exactly. Be the nice guy, right? Yeah. Just no smack yeah. talk. Just be the nice guy. So like, shut up. I know what you're doing. It's not gonna work. <laughs> All right, let's hit you up with five quick questions. Blaine, you ready to go? Yeah, so we always ask people, like, just five quick ones that first answer that comes to the top of your head. Gets, and and we'll get you these, and then then we'll get you out of here. And you've been so gracious to spend so much time with us. So yeah. start with this one. Favorite sports movie? Ooh, sorry, this won't be fast. Oh, man. I have no idea. You put me on the spot. I wasn't ready for this. That's the day challenge. Um, That's why we do this. Just first thing that pops in your head. I mean, there's a couple. I like Remember the Titans. Mm -hmm. I like uh, Glory Road. Uh, uh, Friday Night Lights. Those are a couple off the top of my head. Nice. There's this kind of this battle going on between Remember the Titans and Rudy. Like we get guys going on. Nah, yeah. Rudy sucks. See, that's what my, you know, that's what Gavin says. My, my. Thanks, Gavin. Yeah, Gavin he's a real like, one. I think yeah, Papinga, like Papinga Rudy. said Rudy. K-pop K- said Rudy. K- K-pop of course said he Rudy. did, because that's him. Yeah. <laughs> Gavin's like, no, Dad, remember the Titans. Rudy is garbage. Yeah. I'm like, come on. Brady and K-pop, that's them right there. They're yeah. that guy. There They're you go. Guy. There you go. So, okay. Favorite singer or band? Singer. Mm. Dave likes Dua Lipa. That's Dave. Dua Lipa? <laughs> That's funny. I'm killing because he doesn't even know who Dua Lipa I is. I do not know. He likes ACDC. Yeah. He, doesn't, he couldn't tell you a That's, Dua Lipa song. Yeah. I asked him the other day, uh, I asked him the other day who, just name one song by Tupac for me. He couldn't do it. Oh, man. I was like, California? That's Dreaming? okay. Come on. We got to get more culture. It's okay, Dave. I get it. Thanks, Kyle. Um, well, I'm, I'm trying, Kyle. I'm thank trying. Thank you, Kyle. Yeah. Kyle in no, my corner. Good. But he did grow up here, and I, I did I, grow up in New York. That yeah, is a I, under, thing. I understand that. It's okay, and that's why he needs to get out of his comfort zone yes. and go, you know, <laughs> come down to California, go to go eat with me in the hood. Yes. I like eating in the hood. You can come with me. You got yeah, it. He'll take uh, care of you in the hood. Don't worry. I'll take you in my fried chicken spot that yes, I got out here called Gus's Chicken. About. Gus's Chicken? Yeah. So, so Gus's Chicken. So really good. Like, so right. give us a singer or band. And Dave won't know who they are, but I will. Singer. Oh, man. There are so many good ones. I mean, Beyonce's good. Miley Cyrus is good. I go for voices. Christina Aguilera's got a good voice. 
Uh, Adele's got a phenomenal voice. Post Malone's, his voice is really good because it's the same live. Um, okay, that's Miguel, like, his that's voice. Like seven. I like to go off like how it sounds live. Yeah, hey, and, and, the, and here's what's funny. You, you, and I know you've seen this guy. Have you you've seen some of Post Malone's old stuff? Like yes. just singing ballads and stuff. Dude actually has a great voice. He could sing. He's got any, a phenomenal voice. Plus, he style. lives in Utah. Shout out, yep. Post Shout Malone. Yep. yep. And I like I like the like Christina Aguilera one. That's listen. Nobody thinks of Christina. This game is to choose one, not give us seven. Well, he went first with Beyonce, <laughs> and I'm and I'm all with him to the left of the left. Okay, so here we, we can go. say Beyonce. There we go. All right. Okay. Uh, favorite breakfast cereal. Uh, don't have one. I think cereal's bad for you. Whoa, that's even healthier than Danny Ainge. Yeah. Danny Ainge said Danny shredded Ainge wheat. Danny Ainge said shredded wheat without sugar on it. I was like, that's garbage. Yeah. That's like eating hay bales. So what do your kids eat for breakfast? There's no cereal? Smoothie. Smoothie. Wow. That's been, yeah, we got, that's how we get them is greens, baby. Spinach, people, strawberry, banana, a little bit of honey. We're good to go. See, wow. people want to know no how Kyle has been in the league for a decade right there. He's clean, clean living and clean. I'm eating. actually doing intermittent fasting. That's my new thing, right? Oh yeah. Man. Okay. No. Okay. So yeah. we're gonna say cereal. What was Max Hall's? What, no what, what was Max Hall's? Was like uh, Cocoa Puffs. Cocoa Puffs like. was Max Hall's. Yeah, Cocoa that's Puffs. such a Max Hall right there. <laughs> okay. So your favorite piece of advice from your dad. Think it through. We may hear this. Yeah. I would just say something as little as less attitude, more gratitude. There we go. We always love these hooks. We would say yeah. less attitude, more gratitude. Honestly, I was just saying that today about my other work. I'm like young, young, my young employees. I'm like, they, they just, don't understand how awesome we all have it and they need to be more grateful less attitude more gratitude i love that so. when you think but it's hard it's hard when you're going through it right when you're going through the growing pains of life when you're at the bottom and you're grinding but that's when you gotta love it the most like that's what separates you is when you can find joy or you can find something within when you have nothing um and pull yourself out of the dumpster fire or, you know, whatever you're at in life. And, you know, if you're struggling with alcohol or drugs or whatever, whatever you are in situation and you can pull yourself out and come out on top, man, that is, and you can find joy in that. It's a, it's, I think those people are badasses. Yeah. It seems to be what keeps you grounded when you have everything. If you've gone yeah, through that, yeah. to go through it, yeah, it's easy to be. That's it's very, easy to be grateful. Very true. Easy oh. to be grateful when everything's going your way. The the, oh, the, yeah. the true stars are grateful when it's not going their way, and that's that's man, that's you know, great and, advice. And you had a lot. There's been a lot of times when things didn't go your way. Um, we oh, go, we go before the contract, yeah. before even coming out of McQueen High School in Reno, and and um, uh, you didn't have it easy, but you you never once quit, which seems to be. The secret to your success. I said, I was about to say things, something that nobody really knows is I was actually going to transfer from BYU. Um, I did everything they asked. I did. I mean, I went through the hoops for Bronco. I did ex all this stuff for him that 
people have no idea about. Um, I did extra stuff. Um, I did, I mean, I was, did all the studying I need to, I was ready. Um, I won't forget about this. It was my freshman, super freshman year when we played Washington, Jake Locker, and then we played somebody else. And then it, it was Air Force. Uh, I'll never forget this day because it was a whooping of all whoopings. It's like up on my charts of like, what games have you been whooped? That's one of them. <laughs> yeah. I think they rushed for like 450 yards. It was like September 11th. Uh, the 10 year anniversary. I mean, it was a setup. <laughs> Anybody who was playing Air Force that day was losing. It's going to be intro. Um, and I remember a player got hurt in that game and they ended up throwing them back out there because they didn't trust me to play in the game. And I was like, my last straw, I was like, I'm done. I was like, I'm going to transfer because this, this ain't it. And I went into Bronco's office and said, look, I talked to my mom and dad. They're cool with it, but I'm going to transfer. Um, and he was like shocked that I like said this after everything. I was, I've done everything for you and I've sacrificed everything. Like I want to play football. I came here to play. I've done my homework. I'm a 3.0 student. Like I had to be, I've done all these things, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, all right, give me three weeks. And if it doesn't change in three weeks, then, I'll sign your release form and you can go wherever. Great. Waited three weeks. He ended up firing Coach Hill after the Utah State game. And then I played in the San Diego State game and made three plays in a row. And that was never came off the field after that. And that was the third week, too. How crazy is that? Uh, week three. Isn't it interesting well, how uh, sometimes if we just stick it through, yeah. The whole rest yeah. of the story is this is this I great know. thing, but we we sometimes just see what's at the end of our nose, and and we make a yeah. call as a young kid. Are, are you looking back? Aren't you grateful you stuck it out? I am. I feel like it was good for me to be in that environment, and I think it was good for other people. I don't think there's ever been somebody like myself that has been of that magnitude represented BYU on that level. I mean, I was probably, you could probably say I was like the first African-American of, you know, on defense of my magnitude to be the face of their program. Um, so yeah, it, I was different. I'm, I have a little bit of zest. I say, I, I say my opinions and I'm not afraid. I think other people are petrified of that because they're probably scared I'm going to say something um, too far, whatever. But, I mean, I speak my mind, and, you know, there's a lot of people like me that feel this type of way, not only in our, you know, religion, but uh, at the same time that don't have a voice at the school. And I feel like I try to do my best to represent those uh, people. But at the same time, I'm also someone that believes in the truth too. So if there are things that you're not doing right, I'm going to be able to say, like, for example, I did a secret meeting with BYU last year uh, during my bye week that no one knew about because I was sick of watching players that were good players not playing hard enough and representing players that sacrificed everything to play at that school or that 
sacrificed a lot to play the game uh, past. Um, even people behind me, you know, even a coach who sacrificed a lot in Kalani, you know, I can go down the line, Zach, Max Hall, you know, just guys that have given everything that they can, went through the ringer to play the game while these kids, you know, nowadays have NIL deals. They're, they're a little spoiled, which is awesome. They deserve it. That's what we played for. But I was a little pissed of, you know, how they weren't playing with enough heart. And I think it was, they lost that weekend, but you could see the heart they played with. And it was against East Carolina. Right. Um, they ended up losing that game, but you saw a big difference of how they played together and they were, you know, cheering each other on. And, you know, there was less finger pointing and more of trying to figure it out. Um, and, I think it was cool to watch that group of men who ended up coming coming together um, and ended up going to a bull game. I think that's awesome. They get that the rest of their lives. That's cool. Well, it's cool that you uh, – and Blaine's got one more for you, but I think it's cool that you got involved, stay involved, uh, and and the whole world's full, full of free spirits. And, um, <laughs> and, and you know what? Yeah. We, we all have our opinions and we get to say them. Uh, yeah. some are, some I are just afraid. wish my opinions were facts, right? <laughs> <laughs> some, some of us are afraid to say it and never say it. And, uh, and difference, yeah. difference makers speak up. And, and, that's, yeah. and, that's, and, that's, and you have a platform to do that. Yeah, thanks. The, well, the, if you ever, if you guys have anything, just shoot it to me. We got it. Well, and here's the thing. one of the reasons Dave and I um, decided we want to do this this show, this format is so people could come on and spend significant time, and people could get to know them, and we could talk about a lot of things, and people could give their opinion, and pe- people yeah. could talk about the things that matter to them. Because most of the time when we're doing a TV show, it's a series of three and four and five minute sound bites. You know how that goes. You now know yeah, that. We can, yeah. we can never tell yeah. the whole story. We can never get in deep. And so we have, you know, we started this last spring and we have just loved it because because people can come on and they can tell us the stories that have made a difference. And it, it's been really, really fun. We're, we're so glad that you would come on with us. We, we have one last question for you. The grand finale. This is the last of the five. And that's. What's your favorite thing about being a dad? Ooh. Mm. Well, for me, I think it's different because I'm adopted and it's the first time I've met someone that has um, any DNA like me, uh, any personality like me. So the joy I get and uh, seeing my son um, achieve something, whether it's as little as like we were struggling a little bit with him potty training and the joy that we got when he finally got it. And we'll never, it was like, we part, you know, I had him over my shoulder. (laughs) Like we won a football game running around the Island while my wife is jumping up and down holding (laughs) my daughter, just that moment we had and for him to be so proud. Um, that's what it's all about. Yeah. Good stuff. That's great. You have, you have amazing, amazing, unique perspective on that. And we appreciate you sharing that with us. Give our yeah. best. To... All right. I got, I got a question for okay. y'all. Okay. You Can said I don't, you had one I, for us before I got, you go. I got two. Okay. I got two. All right. One, the first one is, um, 
what do I got to do to get in the Hall of Fame? You have your degree, right? I do. That's right. Cause and you did is it 10 years? So, so BYU's two. It'll be, yeah, I graduated in 13, 13. so it's yeah, 10 so, years. So BYU so. has two, two requirements. You have to be 10 years past your playing, and you have okay. to have a degree. I don't know if you remember Jim, Jimmy Mann, my old teammate, who was phenomenal. Like he said, 76 NCAA records while he was here. It was years and years and years, and people kept asking me. I was like, Jim doesn't have his degree. And, and Tom Homo reached out and said, Dude, we are getting you your degree. We're, we're going to do it. We have professors that are willing to cooperate. Um, his girlfriend was helping him down there. His kids were helping him. He got his degree, and as soon as he got his degree, we got we got his we got him out, we got him on that in that Hall of Fame, right? And so, That's so, awful. so you're coming up on that on that time frame. I interviewed Jim, and he said he was on the 37 year plan. <laughs> yeah, he was on 37. <laughs> That's awesome. So, so, what would it mean to be in the Hall of Fame? What would that mean to you and your family? It, it would be awesome. I think it will be a cool story because it's somebody that had um, that believes in second chances. That was a second chance. And no. um, for those that feel like they can't see the light, I hope they can see the light with me and be able to, you know, look at me and say, Hey, you know, it doesn't matter what age I'm at. I, you could be 40 years old. Like this kid, you know, was headed down a path, maybe not to be successful and turn it around. And maybe I can do that too. That's a great story. That's a That's great a story. Hall of Fame story. So look, we know some guys. We know and some so guys. We'll follow <laughs> yeah. some guys. Yeah, you got to poke the bear for me. We'll follow I up. might not be, I'm not being, I might not be too nice to those guys, right? You, you might not want to get me the mic either. <laughs> we, we've got, we, we know, as you know, we know some guys and, and uh, okay. we and can, it, we can definitely have a conversation and listen, about that. Now That's that you're going to be uh now that you're going to be a TV analyst, there's a, there's an on switch and an off switch. And yeah, uh, yeah, sometimes yeah. you have to have the off switch, <laughs> yeah. uh, but no, See, there's that plug that you get to take out. Right. Like it's a good thing. They don't roll the camera and the mic all the time. Sometimes at, com at commercial breaks, I say some crazy stuff, right? This, uh, <laughs> yeah. this last uh, year, this, hot mic. <laughs> this last year, Dennis Pitta got in the hall of fame. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was probably that. about, what was it? About 10 I think he might have been, was he 10 11, years out or 11 years out? That. Might have been 11 years out. And but that's, as, as soon as you hit that 10 mark, then then they start to consider, okay, who's going to be in this class? Like, like cer certainly, Kyle, you, you, you're going to be on that on that list. Yeah, we have no doubt on that. I hope so. I can't even get in my high school Hall of Fame. What? McQueen? What are they even thinking? That's Reno. We can't, I went, I was in Vegas yeah, for 20 know, years. I, I, don't, I don't know about Reno. But we do know that, um, that uh, the, the, the the guys, the men and women that are in the BYU Hall of Fame uh, have done amazing things, and you've done amazing things. Yep, so that, that time's coming. All right, what's I your other question? Then my last one my last one's about both of you guys. Um, you guys have been in the business a long time. Um, where do you guys see yourself uh, in the next five to ten years? I mean, do you guys want to do this the rest of your guys' life? Uh, do you want to hang it up soon? Uh, do you guys want to do a different avenue? Uh, do you guys want to hang out with your families more, golf a little bit more? Like, where do you guys see yourselves uh, in the future? 
Well, Kyle, our lives are just about over. We're a lot older than you. Yeah, we're so, old. No, that's okay. That's okay. You guys are still, you're still dark. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> uh, one thing that works for us, and, and Valen can answer this too, is um, we're, at, we're in a position now where we, we do this because it's fun. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and we love being on, we're in this new uh, dimension of Twitch, YouTube, Facebook, and live stream, which goes uh, around the world. This shows for BYU fans around the world that, that, that if you have Wi-Fi, you're, you're on board. Yeah, you can be here. And uh, yeah. so, so that's fun. And what's fun for, for me is dealing with, dealing with you, dealing with guys like you, men and women, that are great stories. Uh, we come from a place we all love, uh, BYU. It's, it's all had, uh, for, for most of us, it has had a positive impact on some direction that we took in life, some larger than others, but it, but it all goes back to when did we make the best decisions and, and what influenced us and, and the BYU experience puts you in a position to make good choices, one to stay, two to, to, uh, say yes when Marissa asked you to marry her and, uh. And, and, and to manage a career and, and, and to have a family and win Super Bowls and all that stuff. I, I, I think that that's what keeps us young. And it's what keeps it interesting because it's always an event about you go 10 yards and get a first down. What's interesting about that? It's, it's the people who are doing right. it that make it interesting. Right. Yeah, yeah, for me, Kyle, I, so I'm what? Am I 34 years into this now, Dave? I think I'm 34 years into this. And, and there was a time when it was like, hey, let's grind and do this. And I was under contract with ESPN doing the Mountain West National Game of the Week, with NBC doing the Atlantic 10 Game of the Week during basketball. Um, I was doing 45 to 50 basketball games a year and 17 football games. And I was I was having a great time. And then a few years ago, All right, I, there's, there's a, we see one of the babies. <laughs> Who the, is it? One of the stars. Yay. Is this Trey? Hi. Say hi. Hi. Hi, Trey. Hey, what's up, everybody? What's up, everybody? Hey, can you? Hey, welcome <laughs> to the Wise Guys. Say peace and love. Peace and love. Oh, much love <laughs> to you, buddy. That's awesome. So, yeah. So I now, Kyle, I'm to the point where I don't want to do 80 events or 90 or 100 events a year. I want to do the things that I want to do. So I didn't renew my contract with NBC two years ago. I, I I still may do a little bit of ESPN stuff in the future, but not like we used to. We want to do this kind of stuff, you know, where we can, we just have fun and reconnect with the people that we care about and take it around the world and create the content that we want to create and, and not be on the grind of me getting on an airplane every Tuesday night to go someplace and then coming home and going on Friday night to the East coast and doing a game and coming home. I'm done with those days. And I'm in the days where we're, we have more control over it, and, and we can have fun being with the people that we want to be with. That's what it's about for me now, for however long. That's awesome. Good for you guys. We tell kids when we speak to them, and, I'm, and you have the same opportunity in, in school, is pick something you love, and if, if you can find a way to make a living at it, you're happy at work, you're happy at home, because you spent most of your life at work. If you didn't love football, you'd be the most miserable person on the planet because you've given so much time to it. So the fact to love the game and and come home, you love your family. It puts you in a spot that 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 allows us to be happy, you know. And we we came down here to be happy. Yep. Um, and uh, so that you've done that. That's a great example. We try to do that too, because you know you work to the you know the, the sweat of our brow thing has been getting us since since we showed up down here. <laughs> we got to work, and so why not find something fun to do? Yep, absolutely. So and what you want? Yeah, that's be- so cool. You guys are doing this together. I mean, so happy for you guys, and I hope 
much, much success. I hope you guys get all the cool people to come on your podcast and it turns out to be awesome and everything you guys hope and dream for. Thank you. We want you to know that when you're, uh, when you're going for this NFL network analyst stuff, uh, you can call us anytime and say, and, and we'll help you however we can. Yep. Any way we can. Now you're entering our realm. You know, yep. we never, Blaine entered, it was on yours. I never entered, entered your realm and, and to your level, but now you're coming into ours and we can be, we can be helpful and we want you to know we're yep. all in. We're always here for you, brother. I, I appreciate that. Thank you guys for the time and effort. You guys are always amazing to me, so I appreciate it. You guys have been awesome. Thank well, you. Give, give a great big hug. so cool to, to meet Trey and give a great big hug to Marissa for us, and we hope we see you up in Utah sometime soon. We're teeing off at Riverside. You just say when. Yep. Anytime. All right. I can't wait. Once all this snow Okay, melts. hold on. What's your handicap? What's your handicap? Uh, uh, we're not going to talk about that. We're out of time, Kyle. This this So it's it's a single digit, but not not by much. Okay, awesome. Take care, guys. All Kyle. right, see you, Kyle. Great, great to talk to you tonight. What a visit with the great Kyle Van Noy. And, uh, man, we almost had two hours with him. Who gets that? Just yeah, two hours we're, no, of we're, Van Noy unplugged. He he is one of the greatest, um, one of the greatest players, but um, just such a fun you know, person to be around. Always was when he was here. Yeah. Always loved being being around Kyle when he was here. Um, and he's like he brightens a room when he walks into the room, right? He's got big personality, but he's but he's uh, kind of a shining light, and he does say what he is thinking. You know, I think I think he's often misunderstood as. Um, I mean, you heard it in his stories tonight. He had a great experience at BYU in some ways, and he had a rough experience in other ways. I think we've all had similar experiences because right. it's not easy, whether you're a good student, uh, you know, or uh, my brothers always talk about how they graduated. They were on the dean's list, and we remind them they were on the other list. The dean had two lists. Yeah. <laughs> but they made a list. Um, but I, I, it's about perseverance and moving through, and, 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 and things that bugged you earlier don't bug you so much later as your perspective changes. Um, I, I love that he's honest. I love that. Uh, yeah, it's not perfect there or anywhere, and and he'll call that up. I love that he that he came up and 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 met with met with the football program. Yeah. After a three game losing streak, just to say, guys, where's your heart? Yeah. Like, yeah. Play harder, and then they did. And um, you know what? Sometimes it takes a peer to get somebody motivated. And it's like a coach can yell at you and tell you, but here comes Kyle Van Noy, who's done it all, didn't have it easy, never gave up, persevered, has two Super Bowl rings, and he's looking you right in the eye and saying, "Why aren't you playing harder?" Yeah, and he's and remember, I mean, and he he went through this in in this in this uh, show, but his start at BYU, first of all, getting to BYU was a rough go. His start at BYU was a little bit rough. Um, he was right on the verge of getting out of here, and then decided to stay. And then flourished. And then he just, that's the first time I heard about how miserable he was in Detroit. I, I, I've talked to him many times and didn't, didn't know that story. He struggled in Detroit and then finally find a home in, in uh, New England. And now here he is approaching a decade in the National Football. You know how rare it is to play at a starting level for, for 10 seasons in the National Football League. That's, that's rarefied air. And you think about it. Um... Mark Wilson was going to transfer. Jim McMahon wanted out. It doesn't go perfectly for everybody. You came and had to be a backup for, for two years. It, it, 
Frank Frank Cush tr- talked to me about going to Arizona State. Sometimes I was thinking about it. Sometimes what you think you're getting and what you're being prepped for are totally different. And if you just persevere through it, yeah. then you look back and you see the thread that that had it all together. When at the time you think it's all unraveled. So many. And it was great, just getting started. Think about so many great things in in Kyle's life, and I used to tease him like crazy when. And Marissa he, is the best. When, no, thing when in he his was life. dating Marissa and then he got married, I, I would always say to him like, "Dude, seriously, you tricked her. You did something like you were <laughs> unbelievable." That's why I was laughing at him earlier, but but he looks back when he look, all the things that are really really important to him came to him after that three weeks that he gave Bronco yeah. before he was going to leave, and then he stayed. And all of those things came around. All these things that are so important to him in life right now came after he, he stuck it out and stayed. And his, and his faith's important to him, as we heard in there. Right. His, 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 his religion is, he might not live it the way this person lives it. You and I might not live it the way this person lives it. But it's still important to him, and yeah. it's still part of his life. And, and, uh, and those people, those of us, there's so many who just like to just judge and say, well, you're not a general authority, so it must be off the rails. Wow, if that's the yeah, if that's and the standard, I'm off the rails. <laughs> <laughs> that would we're I'm both so off, far the rails. off the rails. But the reality is that um, we're we're all just hanging by a thread, trying to do the best we can. Yeah, and um, and and Bronco was huge to him. I'm glad he went on Bronco's podcast. Yeah. We should get Bronco on this podcast. Yeah, I would, yeah. Uh, I don't think Bronco wants us on his, but we could get Bronco on ours. <laughs> yeah, here you go. I'm not gonna have you. But I think, uh, and, and you know what, Kyle's story, there's just a million of those stories because life's hard and yeah. it's not easy and you fight and you get through it. And sometimes you win a Super Bowl and sometimes you get cut right. after your first uh, mini camp. And, and, then, and then it's like, okay, well, what are you going to do now? You, you, you do something. Right. You do something good. But it just might not have been. I always thought when I was shooting baskets in the, in the, in the driveway uh, that I was going to play for the Celtics, as did everybody um, that didn't work out. I never thought I would play for the Celtics. You didn't? Well, you were from New York. Right. I thought I would play for the Sixers. Yeah, see? That's no, it. I actually didn't think I would play for the Sixers. I thought I would play quarterback for the New York Or Giants. we're on the side yard. For the Giants. Yeah, we're on the side yard pretending we're Joe Montana or something. Yeah. But but um, some people do it. Yep. And, and then they get on this show and we celebrate their life <laughs> and their journey. And then you hear how tough it was. Yeah. And you go, you know what it does? It makes you cheer harder for them. Yep. We'll, we'll be rooting like we and we were, we were we're not really teasing. We'll we know some people to talk to about Kyle's desire to be in that Hall of Fame. You know, I hadn't even thought about it until he said it because it, 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 the ten years has gone by super fast. Yeah, yeah. And when Pitta was in, it was like really. It's been, been ten years, long? but I think it'd been ten or eleven. Um, and uh, Jimmer would be coming up. Yeah, that, we, we did talk to Jimmer about that, saying, "Hey, yeah. it's coming up," and hey, and don't let these guys fool you. It's they. They cherished the time they were at BYU, and and when they put so much out there, um, and contributed so much, um, that's a big thing to to get in that Hall of Fame. Yeah. Now, do you, did you know I made it in the Hall of Fame? The nineteen eighty four whole team is in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, of course I did. Yeah, there you go. My dad made it in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> and our pictures in the our pictures right there, and I'm sitting that right. Makes in, you, I'm, why don't I I'm introduce you as right a Hall of Famer? So, well, I'm, like I'm, I'm a member of a team that's in the Hall of Fame. I'm not an individual <laughs> Hall of Famer. So. Hey, next week, Michael Miner, Russ Merrill, and David Phillips, the, the past, present, and future of BYU TV. We're going to talk about some stories yeah, next and week. Yeah, and these guys, every major event in sports that's happened in, in, at BYU in the last 35 years, um, 
the, these guys, like is Russ and Russ and Michael. I mean, they were they're part of it. They built BYU TV to what it is today, and then D- David uh, um, Phillips is you know runs the BYU sports division over there now, yeah. and is responsible for what they're doing. And we're going to talk about some of the greatest moments in BYU um, sports history. We were all there for most of them. That's going to be a fun. Like, just give you one preview. Show. Like we were all there in Hawaii. Doing all of the media stuff around. I was holding a mic laying on the ground when they announced the Heisman Trophy for Ty Depp. And then we called the game when it got blown out. Yep. And so, all in one day. So we can, we can reminisce about some of the greatest moments in BYU sports. And then, and then uh, David can talk to us about where BYU TV sports is going in the Big 12. It'll be fun. Uh, later in March, Chris Hoke, two-time Super Bowl champion, just like Kyle Van Noy. Uh, Elaine Bradley of Neon Trees. Max Hall is going to be with us before the alumni game. That's coming up. Kerry Roberts will be with us in early April as the golf team gets ready to host a tournament at Riverside and uh, and much, much more. Let's save all the other stuff for yep, next week. We'll Basketball next and all week. that. We, we can, we'll recap the WCC tournament next week. And you know what? We'll have another. We were going to talk about spring ball. There's only one day of practice. There was a little bit to talk about. We'll have a whole bunch to talk about next week because um, we'll have a, you know three practices. Under, well, actually, four practices under our belts by then, and we can give you a little more on that. Let's wrap up with our Wise Guys inspirational quote of the week from Michael Jordan. Yes. Which I think ties into the theme of yeah, Kyle Van Noy. The, this is the theme. I've missed more than 9,000 shots in my career. I've lost almost 300 games. 26 times I've been trusted to take the game-winning shot and missed. I've failed over and over and over again in my life, and that's why I succeed. Feels like we needed some dramatic music with that read. Yeah, I thought you really read that. It's just like, you don't even think about that. 26 opportunities to hit game-winning shots, and he didn't make the shot. Now, he made a bunch. Yeah, he did. Greatest ever. Greatest ever. So. Or thanks to Kyle Van Noy. And let me tell you one thing real quick that happened to me today. Yeah? Uh, you're not going to believe it. So I, I go by the grocery store, and I every now and then... You can, get, you can give a plug. Was it Days? It was Days. Every now and then I get... Uh, I like those bottled Coke. Yeah, yeah. Coca-Colas. So I, I, I take it home. I'm putting it in the fridge, and I'm, I'm moving too fast because you know, like in the kitchen I like to get in. I like to get out. Right. So I've opened the fridge. Uh-huh. I take a bottled Coke, and I'm putting it in the fridge. The bottom of the bottle hits the side of the freezer handle, breaks off... Now I have 16 ounces of Coca-Cola flowing, and the momentum takes the Coke into the fridge all over five. Now, my wife doesn't know about this because I cleaned it up afterwards, oh, so wow. this is between us. The, the, the Coke then sprays all over everything in the fridge on all four things and drains down into the produce things at the bottom. Yeah, a complete overhaul. The was, and then I look over there, and there's Sophie staring at me, mm-hmm. a witness. Mm-hmm. And so I had to pay her off. And then I had to clean up the mess. And it, the, you can't do that on purpose. It can't even happen. That kind of kitchen disaster is second to none. Yes. And it's Coke. And you know what Coke is? Sticky. Yeah, it's not good. Anyway, did, that's did what to happened take, to me just did you before have to the throw show. Did away everything in the fridge? And no, I just wiped it off and put it in there. And I hope my wife doesn't notice. You're going to have Coke-flavored lettuce. I had to pick up the glass. It's that wouldn't good, be bad. It's, it's a good thing. I had to pick up the glass. It's a good thing that Diane never listens to I can't show. believe so. I, my momentum carried this flowing, free beverage in the air. It was on the milk. It was on the orange juice. It's down there on the lettuce. You know what I'm doing right now? Do not. I'm texting Diane and telling her. I'm texting Diane Anyway, I hope you have a better night. <laughs> I, uh, fortunately, our show saved the day. But that's what happened to me before I came over. Yeah. And just think, 
the day was lifted because we had Kyle Van Noy for almost two hours. We're so grateful for Kyle for spending that much time with us and, and dropping his wisdom on us. Podcast will be up tomorrow. Share it with everybody. And uh, we'll be back next week we'll with, next, a, with a great show. We'll see you next Tuesday. If you're in the kitchen, be careful. And by the way, if my wife walks through there with bare feet and cuts her toe, I'm a dead man. I tried to get all the glass. See you next week.